It's Friday! Go head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. We go off and running on this twenty the final the, the last day of the final full week of January 2023. It's the 27th day of January 2023. Friday on the front porch here on the horn. Hi, I'm Robin. And let's see, we will have two more two more broadcasts for the horn. And so uh, that's Monday and Tuesday. Uh, like I said, I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to do anything. Probably won't. Just going to work. That's what I do. Um, I like being here with you. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia extravaganza that is the uh, chat that takes place during the uh, hours in which this program is live, well, uh, head on over to where we live at headon.live, click on chat room, and uh, jump right in, pick out a screen name and a password, and you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, and we've got quite a crew ready for this Friday. Uh, hey, Theo. Hey, Squeaky. Hey, Ralphs. Hey, Kid Mark. Hey, Anatole. And, uh, of course, everyone will be capably moderated by a longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator, Sparky, who, although he is a third-stage guild navigator, has uh, decided not to fold space and become man cave and uh, he is capably assisted by uh, horn chief mathematician chief agronomist and bud trimmer emeritus roger in oregon i think we've got a good friday on the front porch on the way and please let me let me offer up this uh, uh let, let me offer up this encouragement if you've never been part of the friday on the front porch conversation don't be shy jump in be a part of it all. It's a free for all, but we try not to turn it into just a, a, a just a, a an overtalk fest. Jump in. You've got if you've never if you've never had a, if you've never been part of it, know that you have uh, you have something to contribute. You have valuable ideas to offer, 
And uh, ladies, please, hate to beg. Um, be nice to not be the only girl in the room. So if you'd like to, please feel free. Um, with that having been said, well, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So we offer up our thanks for our 27th day of the month subscribers. And that means we say thank you very kindly to... Uh, Uh, we say very uh, thank you very kindly to uh, uh, Robert in Australia, and uh, thanks as well jumping in to uh, uh, to George in Coarse Gold. The dignity of human beings is not negotiable. Rod Serling, thank you. Um, thanks as well to uh, our pal David, formerly of San Diego, now of uh, 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 of Oregon where David is pursuing his law degree, and we are all rooting for him. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being partial sponsors of the program. Where the fundraising goal uh, now stands, well, uh, $1,020. If we want to just finish, you know, let's do this. I mean, there's two days left in January, Um if there's any possibility of a Friday on the front porch community made miracle, let's not leave those two days out there hanging. Uh, how about uh, yeah, let's just include those for the, and, and just have a an end the month of January to the good. Uh, the total is one thousand six hundred and twenty dollars, sixteen twenty. Bye, Theo. Hope it hope it wasn't something I said. Uh, yeah, sixteen twenty ends the month of January, and frankly, that would uh, uh, go a long way toward getting the power company off my back. <sighs> power company, clean coal electricity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They quit saying that it was uh, inexpensive because <laughs> it ain't. Anyway, Friday on the front porch. There's a. Uh, Button at the top of HeadOn.Live. Participate in Friday on the Front Porch via Skype. Click here. You don't even have to have Skype. It'll just pop you into the extraordinary... You'll go over the river and through the woods, and next thing you know, you'll be in the old holler tree sub that we sublet from the Keebler Elves, and uh, you'll be seated around the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable where we have our Extraordinary Ordinary Conversation, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. You really should give it a try sometime. Um, okay. Uh, uh, thank you. Theo says, uh, back again, my tech screw up, not offended by present company. It's good to know. I worry. I, I, that's just my nature. I do. I worry. Um, all that having been said, uh, well, uh, I'm just checking here. That mine from George in Corsgold, turns out um, 
George said, I came across a YouTube video of Dick Van Dyke reading a speech he gave at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum with civil rights leaders, including MLK, on May the 31st, 1964. He was reading the words of Rod Serling, hatred is not the norm. And uh, the full text of the speech is uh, at thenightgallery.wordpress.com. George says, the words are inspiring and tragic considering the times we're facing. Peace and love. And as we begin the program, um, this is the day of the Holocaust Remembrance. It is profound, a profound reminder of the evil of which uh, people are human beings. Quite often mobs are all too, uh, all too capable. You know, individuals are, 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 quite often individuals are just people. It's when you get them into sort of, in, into clannish groups that the, uh, the trouble tends to begin. Of late, because today in George Santos, of late, uh, stories have been circulating about how Although he claimed to have uh, uh, grandparents who were Jews who fled the Holocaust, uh, in former years, George Santos was known to uh, go around making Holocaust jokes. Um, Because he's just that kind of, well, shitty human being. And I don't know what possessed him to do this. Maybe somebody thought that this would be a way of rehabilitating his reputation, but whoever told him that was terribly wrong and arguably terribly stupid. He went to the he went to the floor of the house and spoke as follows. Mr. Speaker, today I rise to acknowledge that the 27th of January marks the anniversary of the Auschwitz concentration camp being liberated by the Red Army in 1945. Let this day serve as a reminder that we must honor the victims and survivors. We must also pay tribute to the liberators who rescued millions of people who nearly fell victim to the Holocaust. In fact, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the grandmother of one of my D.C. staffers who is a 93-year-old survivor of Auschwitz and is also one of the few survivors of her family who was tragically lost at the hands of Nazi murderers. Anti-Semitism is a plague in this nation, and it is undoubtedly up to us to ensure this kind of tragedy is never to be seen again. This is a tribute to aging survivors and the Jewish community. We must guarantee access to the services they need to live long and dignified lives. This day and every day, we, gre- we give credence to the dark side of humanity, but strive, to, but strive for a better, brighter future. I yield back. Pardon me, but what the hell was that? And just because I'm a longtime practitioner of the art of knowing words, what is undoubtedly? I know that's probably very petty of me. But I don't think there's... Yeah, right, same, same, Lee in New York. Auschwitz. Auschwitz. Undoubtedly. Is this fuckwit even 
barely literate. Oh, there's our first F-bomb of the program, only 12 minutes in. May get a little bit messy. Uh, yes, in answer to your question, Scott in San Diego. Can't remember if you've ever said so or not. Have you ever been to the Holocaust Museum in D.C.? I have. Back when I, uh, Scott says, back when I was still married to my first wife, we went there during a visit to D.C. That was not too long after it opened. What a moving and eye-opening experience. Um, I came out of there shaken to my core, horrified. But yes, I've been there. Tried to take in as many of the museums as I possibly could while we were there working on the Ake Act when we'd have a little bit of a little bit of downtime. You know, guys who uh, guys who have made Holocaust jokes probably should remain silent on January the twenty seventh. Um, especially guys named George. And Santos. And I saw today, of course, a uh, another remembrance. Um, it was a display of a pink triangle for the uh, sexual deviants who were, you know, that means gay people, well, gay men, and. Uh, transvestites and transsexuals who were rounded up and herded off to their deaths in the name of a pure heterosexual Aryan race. Mm -hmm. Um, Sobering. Especially in light of the fact that uh, the, the 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 same the same demonic and you know it doesn't have to be supernatural to be demonic people can just be demonic the same demonic forces that animated that hatred some little not much uh, well just a little less than a hundred years ago is on the march in the United States of America now, and it operates under various different uh, different forms. Um, America First, MAGA, Grand Old Party, and uh, it's it's unsettling. I mean, you all know you all know what a week ago last Wednesday did to me. It made made a mess of me. The idea that the idea that people like me could just be hauled off to prison. For being ourselves. And yeah, Randy Radar, you're right. The Nazis went after the sexual deviants before they went after the Roma and the Jews. Uh, the the uh, first real um, gender studies took place in Berlin and they burned that clinic to the ground and murdered the doctor and murdered the staff 
And that's the way it's playing out here. We talked about it on the program yesterday. Like Ron Monkey Up DeClantis, the fascist dictator of Florida, who started out by seeking the medical records of transgender students in, this, in, uh, in uh, Florida universities, and then immediately moved to the uh, uh, the menstrual records of girls and young women in high school. You start with a community that everyone doesn't have much of a problem despising. And then because you were able to do it to them, you can say, well, we get to do it to this larger group too. I still believe that Ron Monkey up DeClantis should be absolutely pelted with uh, used period products, you know, so that so that he can know firsthand uh, when women are having their periods. Wasn't there a campaign similar to this uh, some years back when uh, when uh, women were sending their used period products to? Uh, Oh, then Taliban Deanna governor and later former vice president Mike Pencilnet Geek. So I could have done without George Santos besmirching the memory of the Holocaust. Uh, Lee in New York noting, it sounds better in the original Portuguese. Auschwitz. You get a cowbell for that, Lee. Obligatory Star Trek VI reference. <laughs> so that's just that's a starting place for this evening. Uh, uh, we can uh, we can also move on to because it's well it's catnip. I know it is. Uh, Nitwit Nero uh, had a hiss, had a video hissy on his rambling, falling apart, uh, wheels coming off social media platform. Oh, he's pissed. The FBI guy after me for the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, long before my election as president, was just arrested for taking money from Russia, Russia, Russia. May he rot in hell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can somebody can somebody get him a, a a shoe leather New York strip and several bottles of ketchup to throw at the wall, pretty please? What a schmuck. Um. And he he's mad at Charles McGonagall. Charles McGonagall was the former special agent in charge of counterintelligence in the New York field office of the FBI. Because and and he was. Uh, Arrested last week because he was uh, apparently helping uh, one of Pooty's pals, an oligarch by the name of Oleg Deripaska. But he wasn't the lead investigator into the nitwit Nero Russia connection. Curiously enough, though, uh, although nitwit Nero didn't get around to mentioning it, 
um, the guy that McGonagall was working for, Oleg Deripaska, yeah, he was, uh, well, uh, Nitwit Nero's former campaign chairman and bosom buddy and receiver of pardon, Paul Manafort, uh, he was up uh, He was up to his earlobes uh, with Oleg Deripaska. Back in 2020, the Senate Intelligence Committee noted Manafort's high-level access and willingness to share information with individuals closely affiliated with the Russian intelligence services, particularly Konstantin Kalimnik and associates of Oleg Deripaska, represented a grave counterintelligence threat. Here, let me let me uh, let, let me quote Nitwit Nero. May he rot in hell. Did I do that right? And then there's uh, the latest claim from those ignoble pleaders, Nitwit Nero's pettifoggers. They're uh, trying to defend against the civil fraud lawsuit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James against the Trump Organization. This is rich. Uh, You might need the special bad tequila for this one. They pled, and will use their boss's voice, to the extent a response is required. Defendant specifically denies the definitions of Trump Organization and defendants. While the shorthand Trump Organization is utilized by defendants for branding and business purposes, no entity as such exists for legal purposes. It stopped existing as soon as I made it stop existing with the powers of my really big brain, just like I, just like I declassified all those documents that I hauled off to my sleazy little golf motel with all the bed bugs known as Magalardass. I added the last part. The only problem is Letitia James hasn't sued the Trump Organization. The lawsuit is against Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., I wank my daddy Trump Kushner, Eric Trump, Alan Weisselberg, uh, and the former payroll executive Jeffrey McConney Jr. And then it starts naming actual entities. The Trump Organization, Inc., which has been registered in New York since 1981, among other things. When you have the facts, counselor, pound on the facts. When you have the law, counselor, pound on the law. When you have neither, pound on the table. This is Table Pounding 101. It seems rather obvious, doesn't it? And of course, um, what I think about uh, the the news has been out there all day long. You know, Tracy and I were talking about uh, uh, Tyre Nichols, the, his murder by five really bad cops, five homicidal, murderous, maniacal cops, and. Uh, this video must be really, really bad. 
because all day long the news has featured stories uh, from people in the know saying, uh, this is horrible. Uh, we need you to uh, not lose your shit over this, please. Which means that people are going to lose their shit over this. Probably because that's how horrible it is. One person going so far as to say that it is reminiscent of the video of the beating of Rodney King. Of course, Rodney King survived. Tyre Nichols did not. Words like vicious and inhuman have been bandied about to the point that Tyre Nichols' mother has gone so far now as to say that she feels sorry for the five members of the Memphis PD who have been charged with murdering her boy by beating him to a pulp. Then she went on to say that she he, that they brought shame on their own families and the black community. She did a uh, live interview on CNN this morning. She said people don't know what those five police officers did to our family. And they really don't know what they did to their own families. They have put their own families in harm's way. They brought shame to their own families. They brought shame to the black community. I just feel sorry for them. I really do. Because they didn't have to do this. She went on to describe her skateboarder 29-year-old son as my baby, a mama's boy. They had beaten him to a pulp. He had bruises all over. His head was swollen like a watermelon. His neck was busting because of the swelling. They broke his neck. His nose was like an S. They actually just beat the crap out of him. So when I saw him, I knew my son was gone. Even if he did live, he would have been a vegetable. The humanity of it all, she said. Where was the humanity? They beat my son like a pinata. And uh, police chief uh, C.J. Davis said, it's unexplainable. Well, is it? Isn't this in the end what police are trained to do? His mama went on to say he had Crohn's disease. He had surgery in 2013. My son weighed a buck fifty. He was six feet three inches tall. And those men, if you combine their weights, it was over a thousand pounds beating and beating a hundred and fifty pound person to death because that's what they did. They beat my son to death. He cried out for me because I'm his mother and that's what he was trying to do, get home to safety. And she went on to address the issue that Tracy was talking about last night. She said, we don't care what color the officer is. There are good officers and bad officers, and we want bad officers taken off the boards. But by them being black, it hurt the black community. 
and uh, family lawyer Benjamin Crump was also on the CNN interview and said uh, and, and made reference to Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Ahmad Arbery, Philando Castile, and said, "Think how these cases took so long for them to charge." Here in Memphis, we have the blueprint that it can be done swiftly and efficiently. Now, adding the important part, when it's not black officers, we want to see this same type of justice. And we don't even know yet if there will be justice. There has been a charge. That is not justice served. That is justice acting. But it has not been served, and there will be a trial, and there will be five of the finest petty foggers that the Memphis Cop Union can find. And that gives pause. And it is so, and of course, the, the video is apparently so awful. that they tried to bury it. That's why you do it in a late Friday news dump. You put this thing out there after the newspapers have gone to bed as though newspapers are still printed. But that's the only reason I can come up with. For why they would put this out there at, what, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? I fear it's going to be a horror. And I don't mean the response to it. I mean the deep and visceral, the public response to it. I mean the deep and visceral existential response to watching a man be stomped to death. By five thugs with blue uniforms and guns. On a little follow-up, the transition from that story is... Not easy. Um, interlopers slash tire nickels. Flavio says what people are worried about are interlopers like, oh, the so-called umbrella man in Minneapolis who set fire to the auto body during the George Floyd protests and ran away. We still don't know who he was. And make no mistake that they're ready, probably ready to roll too. Because he was extremely successful in making this whole thing be blame, making the entire response, the violent response to George Floyd's murder, um, be placed on the backs of a largely peacefully protesting black community. Scott in San Diego says, it sounds like you're describing the Emmett Till of these modern days. I forget which magazine, it was either um, Jet or Ebony, had the guts to publish Till's after-attack photo, but it was horrific. Let the world see what they've done can be painful, but possibly ultimately positive. 
Well, it begs us, just as do the photographs taken upon the liberation of Auschwitz, or Auschwitz in the original Portuguese, um, it begs us to dig deep for our common humanity and understand, understand the level of horror that people who aren't us undergo, experience, suffer. And the sad thing in this country, in this time, is that there are millions of Americans who will not, who have been pre-programmed not to feel that visceral level of horror. They're led by people with names like Joe Rogaine and Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro by Sean Hannity Job. Frau Laura Ingram. Tucker Carlson. Well, that's going to be a tough one for Tucker. Excusing the murder of a 150-pound, 29-year-old black man with Crohn's disease, but at the same time finding himself defending five homicidal black cops. That's going to be real hard. His head might explode. Well, that is, if he's not, I mean, if, he, if, he's, if he's not off, you know, playing with himself to the green M&M or go-go boots. But we will find out in fairly short order some, you know, because the multimillionaire for-profit media will, uh, will, will sleaze up some character damning evidence oh he had some THC in his system or why did he run you know in the case of the uh, United States Army commissioned second lieutenant in the army okay that was two armies uh, the one who was pulled over in Virginia the cops said he didn't pull over fast enough and he said I waited until I got to a well-lighted area because I was scared to death. Luckily, he's alive. That's usually a pretty good a pretty good excuse for anybody who runs from a cop gang. Remember, they are the biggest, baddest street gang, most well-armed street gang out there. Right. Uh, Steve in New York says, where are the Blue Lives Matter toads? Bueller? Bueller? Well, that wasn't what we had in mind when we put our Blue Lives Matter flag decal on the car. It's got the Punisher skull on it. It's amazing the number of police departments that have adopted that Punisher skull. And more than a little bit creepy because, of course, the Punisher is strictly in the business of retributive violence. 
No justice involved. He just goes out and gives bad people what they damned well, what he decides what they damned well deserve. If I was engaged in risk management for a police department that had actually adopted that thing, I'd say get that off the, get that away from any cop out there because that's a walking admission of liability. That means that you actually stand for extrajudicial violence. Fabio says Holocaust Remembrance Day and triangles. They'll eventually come for all of us. 500,000 Republican Spaniards fled to France in early 1939 after it became clear that Franco's Nazi-backed nationalists were going to win the Spanish Civil War, which had begun almost three years earlier with an attempted military coup against the elected government. About 60,000 Republican soldiers joined the French army only to find themselves at the mercy of the Nazis and the Vichy regime after France fell in 1940. Almost 10,000 Republican Spaniards were rounded up and deported from... Because Republicans, a loaded phrase now, Flavio. Uh, Spanish Republicans were rounded up and deported from prison and prisoner of war camps, with about 7,500 of them ending up at uh, Mauthausen, declared stateless and forced to wear inverted blue triangles on their camp uniforms to denote their lack of a country. They found themselves alongside tens of thousands of Jews whose striped clothes bore a yellow... Star of David. And hence that, uh, that that bit of commentary, poetic though it is, from the era, and when they came for me, there was no one left. That's what makes speaking out now so absolutely, utterly important. when one sees the powers of government being leveraged against absolutely powerless, marginalized communities. Because they never stop there. You know, within the LGBTQ community, they're going after the trans now. The trans part. They'll move on to the queers and the bisexuals and eventually the, once, once they've wiped out the queers, the bisexuals the, uh, uh, the uh, intersex the queer questioning the asexuals uh, they will uh, move on to the lesbians and then eventually they'll go after the gay men that's one of the, that's one of the more as, as, as obnoxious and hateful as it is there's actually some strategy. I was talking with my dear friend Tara Devlin earlier today about it. There's actually some strategy behind this current uh, this current onslaught. By going after trans people under the guise of going after drag queens, they're getting uh, they're 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 killing two birds with one stone. They're painting trans people as drag queens and groomers. when we are not but at the same time they're also 
using the same libel against the people who are more prone to participate in drag performance culture, which is nothing but a performance art. And that, of course, is gay men. Oh, dear God, Randy Radar pointing out, a friend told me the late Friday news dump is so effective because the Jewish media doesn't work on Saturday. God, it never ends, does it? Um, that person may not quite be the friend you think they are, Randy. Um, and then this, uh, a follow-up to a story we've been talking about for a while, the non-investigation investigation into who the leaker was. No, no polygraph for you, Sammy Bad Breath. It turns out that uh, uh, okay. Well, thanks for the, the thanks for the correction. I don't have a pronouncer on here. Um, Bernadette lets me know that uh, Tyree Nichols. Tyree. I was reading it like the name of the uh, ancient Mediterranean city. T y r e. I was reading as it's spelled, but it's Tyree Nichols. I will not make that mistake again. Thank you, Bernadette. Bernadette saying, my heart aches. Yeah, it does, as it has ached and ached and ached. And, and it would be nice if the aching could stop. Thank you. Thank you. Tyree Nichols, I apologize for the mispronunciation. Um, anyway, uh, the story of the not particularly thorough investigation uh, ordered up by the marshal of the Supreme Court, well, um, our, uh, our, our, most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties on the court didn't necessarily want it going out there for public consumption but well oopsie it did and to that end uh, it has become known that even though our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties tried to hide their financial ties well the truth will out once in a while Michael Chertoff Skeletor the first director of Homeland Security back in the reign of uh, error, of dim leader. Well, he reviewed the investigation into the leak and declared, there is nothing more that could possibly have been done to discover this. I guess we'll never know. <sighs> Yeah, 
In other words, he did what he was paid to do. And at first, the court tried to make sure that no one really found out how much it, they had to pay Michael Chertoff to say, well, the investigation went as far as it could, and I guess we'll just never know. Um, uh, he's had some long-term financial ties to the court. Or the agency he runs has. This would be called a conflict of interest if anyone, if anyone but the Supreme Court were doing it. Chertoff's firm has billed the court over a million dollars for a number of services. CNN reporting the estimated payments to Chertoff's risk assessment firm for consultations that extended over several months and involved a review of the justices' homes reached at least a million dollars. The exact amount of money paid could not be determined. Supreme Court contracts are not covered by federal public disclosure rules and elude tracking on public databases. Because the Supreme Court of the United States is a law unto itself with, no, with, with virtually no oversight whatsoever. CNN continued, the justices have long cloaked themselves in secrecy to the point of declining to respond to questions about potential conflicts of interest or to reveal information about some court rules and ethics codes or to release timely information about the justices' health and public appearances. The court's decision to keep secret the prior arrangements with Chertoff, whose professional path has intersected over the years with Chief Justice John Roberts, well, howdy-do, looky there, old Mr. Balls and Strikes, and other court conservatives, as it used him for a seal of approval, adds to controversy over the leak investigation itself. That from CNN's uh, Joan Biskupich. Meanwhile, Sean Moulton, over at the uh, Project on Government Oversight, said, It's at least a valid question why they went to someone who had a relationship with the court. Can we be sure he's objective? That's part of the reason for disclosures. I think it's a mistake to treat the judicial branch differently when it comes to these disclosures. They are stewards of public funds and owe some accountability for how they use these funds. Ha 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 ha! Oh, silly, silly, silly Sean Moulton. The very idea that our most puissant dread sovereign, Supreme Catholic Majesties, uh, would need oversight. They know the what's best for you and me. They have only, oh, uh, the good of the Supreme Court at heart. Sure. A million bucks. That buys a lot of approval, don't you think? Uh, Sarah Lipton Lubet, president of the progressive-leaning Take Back the Court Action Fund, uh, issued a statement today saying... Ah, it feels like every day brings a new story about the Roberts Court's non-existent relationship with transparency and ethics. And, uh, 
uh, Chertoff, uh, quote, uh, claims that he couldn't find any additional useful investigative measures to identify the Dobbs leaker. Uh, we identified more than a dozen questions worth asking, but then again, we don't have secret contacts with the court. I guess Chertoff had at least a million reasons not to ask any of those questions. This kind of rot is at the core of this court, and yet they wonder why the public no longer trusts them. Uh, over at Demand Justice on Twitter, they said, Elements of a SCOTUS leak investigation. One, ignore allegations that one of the justices did another leak. <laughs> another leak. Two, assign the investigation to a court employee who will never interview the justices under oath. Three, get independent validation from someone paid a million dollars by the court. And meanwhile, when they reached out to Chertoff and his um, his uh, small business, they uh, declined comment and sent journalists to the public information office of our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties who didn't return comment sure we can trust them I saw a meme the other day that showed uh, Sammy Badreth smirking and Clarence Pubes on the coke can Fappy Thomas uh, guffawing and the uh, caption to the meme was that that time when, when that time when Alito and Thomas found out that they had both leaked the, the Dobbs decision. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Uh, Supreme leak. Lee in New York says, uh, "I am shocked, shocked to find that the document leaking is going on in here." Uh, that line uttered by George Santos in. Casablanca. That's two cowbells today, Lee. Uh, store them in a safe place, will you? Oh, and by the way, um, coming up in the uh, front porch conversation, as teased on yesterday's program, I'm hoping we will be hearing from Billable Rick and his fresh out of fucks to give for 2023 report. Jesus. Um, billable? I mean, we're, we're, we're waiting with bated breath. Pins and needles. I hope, you, I hope you're not being... Well, I hope you're ready to go. And now this. You know, that phrase is always just going to be loaded, isn't it? Off to Arkenstan... where uh, they're still not done assaulting the rights of people who can become pregnant. Well, um, Arkenstan has banned abortion at any stage of pregnancy, including the stage of pregnancy where the fetus that they claim has a heartbeat and a brain is sitting there thinking big thoughts is no bigger than a tiny piece of wet popcorn and looks a lot like one too um, 
Well, Arkenstan, as I said, they banned abortion at any stage. And now we're finding out that they've got a, a, a genuinely horrifying new bill in the state legislature. It's uh, Bill 1174. Hi, Haley. I bet you already know about this. Bill 1174 expands the definition of abortion. And in that expansion includes pregnancy loss, quote, caused by a wrongful act, neglect, or default. And lets courts treat abortion as a as a felony homicide. You know, the kind that gets you the gets you life or the chair or horizontal crucifixion. I don't know how they do it in Arkansas. The bill also went so far as to remove for protections for people going through in vitro fertilization or who who are using contraception or who are uh, doing anything or have any kind of medical problems that might increase the possibility of not being able to carry the pregnancy to term. In other words, I mean, I've talked about this for a very long time here. The proper medical term for a miscarriage, because miscarriage is, is not a medical term, it's a, it's a colloquial term that implies that the mother has carried the pregnancy wrong somehow. Uh, miscarriage is just a euphemism. Spontaneous abortion is the term. And now they've taken that idea and expanded it to say, and you know what? It's illegal, and we're going to prosecute anybody who has one. So anyone in Arkansas who is pregnant and has a spontaneous abortion, which happens in at least 50% of all human pregnancies, 50%. And the vast majority of those, the pregnant person never even knows about. Might just look like a bad period. Or a particularly heavy one. But in Arkansas now, if a woman has a spontaneous abortion and word of it gets out, one of her weirdo Christian neighbors can say, yeah, you know what, I done seen her drinking a beer last week, yep. And, well, hello, felony homicide. We tried to tell her to quit smoking because she's pregnant, but she kept smoking, and then next thing you know, she was telling us about how she had that there miscarriage, and, well, that's why we had to call the police. And that's why she's going up on a felony homicide charge. And she does damn well deserves it. Theoretically, and when we're talking about these freaks, theoretically often becomes a matter of uh, 
in actuality. A woman could be prosecuted if she tells her neighbor, ah, God, his condom broke, I'm pregnant, and then has a miscarriage, she could go up on felony homicide charges for not wanting to be pregnant. You get the idea. Anything can be felony homicide because it is a wholesale war on pregnancy. Which is kind of weird, but then again, so are they. When you consider that the whole goal of this is to force people to carry babies to term whether they want to or not. And there's another horror tucked within this. Um, about 33% of people find out that they're pregnant after the six-week mark. And that means that even without meaning to, they could theoretically, and again, theoretically all, 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 almost always means in actuality with these goons, these fascist goons, be prosecutable for something they didn't even know they were doing. Notice the language in the statute. Default. Wrongful act, neglect, or default. That default language is going to get a lot of work. And then further into the bill, we find out that it defines that little piece of wet popcorn as an unborn child. that becomes an unborn child at the moment of fertilization. Which leads us back to the dissent in Dobbs in which uh, the three justices wrote, from the moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. And this is that. This is that. It even has a sort of puritanical effect insofar as anyone who isn't pregnant must act as though they are. Because if it turns out they are and they've had a, you know, once upon a time, doctors in Ireland uh, told mothers-to-be that they should drink one pint of Guinness per day to boost the iron content of their blood. Well, at least they weren't using leeches. That's not a joke. I mean, the leeches part is. 
but this has the unintended consequence of making of, of trying to make women uh, behave like uh, some sort of bizarre Calvinist uh, puritanical religious esthetes. Oh no, I can't. Uh, oh, sorry, I can't have a can't have a, lo- a glass of that uh, lovely Pinot Noir there. I'm, I might be pregnant and not know it, and the next thing you know, I'd be in a shitty ass prison somewhere in. Uh, in Sister Fister, Arkansas. That's where we are. Uh, Randy Radar says, uh, a reasonable judge would note that the lawmakers have created an absurdity since the lawmakers had turned half of women into felons and would throw the law out. No. You're assuming the presence of reasonable judges in the state of Arkansas. On the state court level, it is almost a rock-solid rock lead pipe cinch guarantee that those do not exist. We'll find out eventually if they exist on the federal bench based upon the trial, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the ban on gender-affirming care for children in Arkansas, uh, which continues and which will result in a decision at some point in time. And then it'll go up to some godforsaken cir- circuit that'll overturn it, and then it'll go up to our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic Majesties, who will, uh, using a lot of flowery, uh, flowery uh, legal language, say "fuck him, trans kids." If you're a woman and you're in Arkansas. Take this to heart. Yeah, Ron and Raleigh, you're not wrong. Arkansas, under Jethreen Bodine, the governor of the state, it is now 1950 in Arkansas. Has anyone interviewed any citizens of that benighted state? Oh, yeah, there. as in any state, there are people who have functioning brains and oppose these godforsaken laws. But they have no power. Because they're outnumbered by the God-botherers. But the bill in Arkansas goes on and says that uh, it's illegal to allow a person to solicit, advise, encourage, or coerce a pregnant woman to abort her unborn child. That means that if a... So, if, if a a counselor, a therapist, a physician says, well, you know, you can always go to another state and get one, one being an abortion. Ta-da! Felony homicide. There's a little bit of weasel words in there that says... uh, uh, this, not, this statute does not authorize prosecution for an accidental miscarriage. Accidental. Well, if you say that there are accidental miscarriages, that must mean that there are intentional ones. And with that default language, you can define an as an intentional miscarriage just about anything that some prosecutor wanting to make hay with the Bible bangers wants to make it. 
the central part of all of this is a profound and abiding hatred for women, for people who can become pregnant. It has nothing to do with protecting babies. It has nothing to do with make, making sure they have a decent life. It comes from the same lizard brain impulses that cause Middle Eastern countries to compel women to walk around in beekeeper suits, lest the sight of a, well, nose drive some most pious young man into paroxysms of amorous frenzy. Sometimes I think that the Abrahamic religions are the greatest threat to the continuation of the human species the mind of humanity has ever devised. Oh my, I fill fill a robster into the second hour. So uh, I've sent the note into the uh, old holler tree to um, fire up the Skype group. And while I wait for that to happen, goodness me, Lord, the wackadoodles that Republicans send to represent them, especially the weirdos in Florida, mercy sakes alive. A brand new member of the House of Representatives from Florida, uh, some freak by the name of Corey Mills, who has curiously been placed upon the Armed Services and Foreign Affairs Committees, has gifted his colleagues, and I'm not kidding, with inert Grenades stamped with the Republican elephant. Corey Mills sent a note along. It is my pleasure to give you a 40 millimeter grenade made for a Mark 19 grenade launcher. They are manufactured in the Sunshine State and first developed in the Vietnam War. Let's come together and work on behalf of our constituents. And uh, when it when the news broke, uh, Corey Mills complained and said, "Per the letter, the grenades are inert and were cleared through all security metrics. I just wish they tagged our official account." He was worried about his he 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 wanted the clickbait. Good lord. <laughs> 
Uh, Jim Himes of Connecticut went so far as to say, not even George Santos could make this up. And this clown replaced a good Democrat, Stephanie Murphy, in the 7th District of Florida this year. He was also, of course, endorsed by Nitwit Nero. He's also, of course, a 2020 election denier. Back during the unrest uh, that followed the murder of George Floyd, uh, he boasted about the fact that he, as a defense and security contractor, had sold tear gas that were used against people protesting the extrajudicial murder of an innocent black man. Y'all, they're still doing it. Uh, Ken Buck, uh, well, this is the guy who threw a hissy about uh, perhaps having his AR-15 removed from his Washington, D.C. representing office. That's along the lines of uh, Corey Mills saying, well, um, Capitol Police even escorted staff into the building when they brought in the grenades. Who does that? What does a grenade have to do with good governance? Do what we say or we'll blow your brains out? Nice house chamber you got there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. <sighs> I, I wish this story, I, I wish I could make this story wackier than it actually is. But oddly enough, that same Ken Buck that I mentioned a minute ago, it turns out that he opposes removing Representative Ilhan Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Or so he says. Okay. Well, enough of that. Hey, um... If we want to talk about finishing the week to the good, we are $1,020 behind. If we want to talk about finishing January, it's $1,620. It would be great if we could take out a chunk of that because low temperatures are going to rise above freezing, and that means Appalachian Power will probably be in the in the yard and coming after the power meter. Um, I can maybe avert some of that disaster if I can... If we can raise this amount of money and I can give it all to them. Uh, so let's 
try to get something going because through the first hour of the program, we are, of course, a goose egg. Let's check in over in the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves where we keep the extraordinary, ordinary roundtable. Hey, Sparky, how are you? I'm fine, Robin. How are you? Uh, okay, mostly. One more week, one more month of winter gone. That's always a bonus. Well, our weather's getting better. And 60 degrees today. Oh. I'd be I'd, I'd 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 be I'd be out I'd be out in Daisy Dukes on a crop top in that kind of weather. The horror, the I'd horror. Outside too, but it's more more comfortable in here. Yeah, I can imagine. Have a nice office chair to sit in. Yeah, I'm in I'm in, I'm enjoy, I'm enjoying the chair that um, Annette and I put together. It's a lot. A lot less wobbly than the old one had become. Well, make sure you got all the screws tight. Oh, I did. The, I, you know, it was one of those that came with the little, the little hex, the little hex, uh, hex wrench, and, and I got them in there good and snug. I know, I know. I put together bunches of them. I go through them every few years. I move, I move them out to the man cave. And, Or out of the house. One of my office chairs, I have two office chairs in the living room here because I got hardwood floors. If I ever have somebody over like Dominion or something, he'll sit in one and roll around. Otherwise, I just keep one in front of the fireplace insert and the other one here at the desk. But I just fixed the other one that's at the fireplace insert. Doug. Cylinder on it, the gas cylinder on it, which lifts it up and down, was going bad. So I bought a new one, and it turns out the one I bought makes it taller than it was before. Yeah. Which is fine with me. I can lift it all the way up, up and my legs will be off the floor, and my feet will be off the floor. That's probably a little bit funny. Make I sure. can't use the sit at the de- desk because my legs wouldn't go underneath the desk drawer unless I lowered it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. They haven't started drilling the well yet. No? They can't. They came the other day, and they worked on the rig, fixed something on there, took off for a while, and then they brought in 200 feet of pipe and dropped it in the driveway that goes around the man cave. Then they told me that they're the only two working for the company, really. So they do pump jobs before they're going to come back here if they have a pump job to do. Oh, great. So you'll see them literally sometime in February. I'll see them whenever I see them. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for February. It's almost not almost not January anymore. Yeah, well, it won't be till next week if it, at all. But they could still make it for January. There's two more days of January left. 
But anyway, their trucks are fine sitting into my backyard. At least they know where they're at. And the, the guy that drills the well, he says he likes to, the ground to be really dried out anyway, good and hard when they drill. Well, it probably makes it a lot simpler. And plus, when they go to move the trucks out, they won't tear up my yard as bad as they already did. Well, I hope they. It'd be nice if they got there in the next week, but I don't know how dry is dry. I don't know either, but it's we've had north winds for the last week. That really dries it out quick. And you should see it when the. The sky has been crystal clear, no clouds or anything. Went out the other day and looked all the way around the valley, and boy, the, all the mountains are just covered with white snow. Looks really beautiful. Shasta is just packed with snow. So is last at my house. Well, that should be good for the summer, right? Well, a little help, but we still haven't got it enough. Got to be quite a bit. I forget how far the lake is, Shasta Lakes now in Oroville. They'll probably they'll probably raise up quite a bit. I don't know if they'll get to be full again. Because the one year I remember in 2006 when they built the lakes back up, it was constant rain, not constant, but I mean it rained and then it would stop and then it rained again and stopped and it do that all the way through February. The way it's looking now, there's only one little storm in the future on Sunday, I think it is, and they're only predicting a half inch of rain, and that's it. So um, who all do we have what do we have in the room this evening? Roger, Roger uh, Steve in New York, Scott, Jeremy, and Steve Kay. Uh, I've, got, I've got some, I don't know how even to take it. Hey, Scott. But I'm considering it positive news. And it, it may come under the general heading of a bad memory is not always a bad thing. Because when you do stumble upon something that you had no conscious memory of, in many cases, it can be a pleasant surprise. I'm doing a little sorting and pitching and rearranging and straightening in anticipation. Uh, in anticipation, can't beat that polygrip. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> okay. And the teeth themselves, you can't buy them through the mail. You've got to go in and have them fitted by a specialist, I'm telling you. But anyway, so I'm sorting and pitching and getting ready for the inspection at the end of February by the housing people to make sure I am up to snuff, up to code, and continue to get my uh, housing assistance. But I, I finally got to the bag, the plastic bag, that had the stuff from my hospital visit. Now, this is back in December, right? Okay. It gives you an idea how frequently I do pitching and sorting and straightening. Yeah, we, we remember uh, back in December. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm, I, I get this bag 
it's one of those plastic uh, take. I hope to God that's not my pacemaker. No, that's that's Actually. me remembering you in, in remembering you in the rehab facility back in December. Oh, oh yes, okay. okay. All right, stop, stop, please. <laughs> the memory is just too good. Uh, yeah, and I still can't get over some of the food that they served us. But anyway, so I get the plastic bag with the uh, logo of the uh, care facility I was in for most of the time. And I said, what in the world is this? It's like blister packs, 30-day supply blister packs, like cardboard with little bubbles, and you can see through them and see which pill is on which blister pack, of all the standard medicines that I take, which are four prescription medicines. And I'm shuffling through them. And I get down to the last one, and it's the better part of a 30-day supply of five milligram Oxycontin. And I'm thinking, holy shit. Because I'm still having some residual pain from time to time with the leg that caused the fall, which precipitated the hospital visit and the care center visit. Now, I know that stuff is like dynamite for a person who's got anything close to substance issues in the past. But it's comforting to know that I've got something that's stronger than fucking Advil, okay? That that will be in the in the pantry, in the in the medicine pantry, just in case it's something that I need. But I mean, little surprises like that, and to me, I'm having more surprises because I, honest to God, think I am having memory issues. I I I just I cannot get focused on on. You know, stop. So, anyway, you know, some of the, some of that can, you know, when one is older, some of that can happen after a, a lengthy hospital stay. It's kind of well, it's kind of documented. I've heard that you get weepy like after a surgery or something major, a major trauma. But this wasn't surgery. This wasn't even. I wouldn't even consider it a major trauma. It was part of growing older. Just one of those things, and it's going to be taken care of. Yeah, but you were you were you were in a place where um, days and nights get mixed up. The flow well, of how that happens that happens here. The, but the but the but the flow the flow of time. I mean, there've been study after study after study done done on this. Hospitals fuck with your head. Healthcare facilities screw with your head. Uh, and and so it may take a little while for that to re- for that to re- return. I, I'm not I'm not saying ignore it, but by the same token, uh, give yourself a little grace. Okay. All right. Well, it's it's not you know, I you remember I, a couple of weeks ago I called and I said I was having trouble focusing. Yes. It's it's not the same type of focusing issue. It's a fact, and I'll tell you where it comes from. I I usually do better with the deadline, okay, as with the case of this fucking inspection. Okay, so that gives me a date certain to look forward to when it absolutely has to be done, and since it's the better part of a month by a few days, I know, given my current capabilities, it's like eating an elephant. You can do that one bite at a time. Yeah, you can't take it all at once. Right. 
Right. But it, so so I know that I'm up for the for getting it done. It's just that it seems so stupid. It's not like I have wild parties here. It's not like, other than not being a great housekeeper, I'm not letting the place go. I mean, the landlord wouldn't let me live here if I if I, you know, was was fucking up the property. I don't shoot the gun. I don't have a gun. Okay, so there's that. I don't make noise by and large, other than the occasional, you know, calls to the horn where I do my rants and raves. But anyway, I, I so anyway, I will be very happy when this is all ready. They come in, they give me the grade A stamp of approval, and I'm good for another four years or whatever it is. Because I, I hate jumping through hoops of any I, sort. You know, I guess that's how long we've been talking because I remember your last inspection. Yeah, the move-in inspection, I think it was, 2017. And what a different world that was. Chirps the cat was still upright and above ground. Punky the cockatoo was still up. You know, and the world seemed maybe not saner, but we knew what we were up against. Simpler? That, no, because by then Trump was in office. Yes, but those were the before times. That's all. That's all. That all goes under the rubric of the before times. No, before I thought times. the before times were prior to January twentieth, twenty twenty, twenty seventeen. No, no, no. The before times are pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Oh, pre-COVID. Yeah, get with it. Come on, Scott. Well, get with that, it. That, 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 here, take one of these uh, little pills and tell me if you don't feel. Well, like back to the little pills. Yes. Okay. Um, I want to mention something to you. Are, are you, are you going to ask me to send a few to you for testing? No, God, sure I've, I've still got uh, no, I've, no. <laughs> um, I've got, I've got a bottle. I've, I've got a bottle they gave me to bring home after surgery. I've never touched. Oh dear, sweet merciful Jesus, sure. Um, because well, ibuprofen handled it. But what? Yeah. I, but but this is more toward what I was getting at. Ibuprofen did not handle the nerve pain. Which, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what this is. Well, and and that's why I mentioned it. You know, I don't just say things on this radio program. Oh, I know. Uh, and that being the case, I refer you to the sound advice, the very good advice that I got from Scary Jerry uh, back in, I guess it was November of 2021. Maybe it had turned to December by then. But nerve pain is something that is... Uh, um, synonymous with the surgery that I had, because um, no doubt, because the nerves have to rewire and repurpose themselves, and it's like you've got this little tiny person down there, with you know, it, it's a little little tiny union electrician who's just taking individual nerves and going, and you go, yeah. Yeah, and it's like yeah. yeah, that one, yeah, that one's live, <laughs> that one's hot, yeah. Put a little wire cap on it. Look, teeny tiny microscopic wire cap. Okay, we got that one. Let's do another. Ah! Yeah, and, and you know, this went on for weeks. And at one point, they were, I told my doctor, my surgeon about it, and he, was, he said, well, you know, we can, uh, um, we can uh, put you on gabapentin. Gabapentin is awful. 
What is it? Uh, I, for, it? I forget what the trade name for it is. Somebody in the Horn, uh, the, the Horn Ad Hoc Research Department will tell me. But the the, the point is, uh, Scary Jerry called in and said, no, 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 you don't want that Gabba Penton shit. I don't know if Scary Jerry's listening this evening, but and he's, you don't want that Gabba Penton shit. Robin, go down and get yourself some CBD-8 gummies. I remember that call, yeah. Well, I took Scary Jerry's advice. And it just so happened there in Five Points South in Birmingham, Alabama, and it had to be December because I had started driving again. I t- it, wasn't, it was just a few blocks. I toddled down to Five Points South. I pulled up in front of the, the, the CBD store, and I came home with a little tub of Delta 9 gummies and a little tub of Delta 8 or, uh, Delta 8 gummies and uh, well uh, th- that same evening uh, Gabba Penton okay where's the where's the name uh, uh, thank you Ralphs but I'm trying to find what it's, it's known as uh, Dang it. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember at the to- or off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, I, I did I did as Scary Jerry suggested. And I got back and did the program, because that still amazes me. You know, two weeks, two weeks after surgery, that massive level. And, my God, I was back behind the microphone. Um and after the program was over, we we ordered some DoorDash from this wonderful, oh, I miss it, this wonderful little Chinese restaurant that we found. And before after the show, but before the, before the food had arrived, I opened my Delta 8 gummies and popped a whole one in and just kind of wallered it around until it melted away. And turned out it melted in my brain and not in my mouth. Um, and the 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 uh, did, did it did it creep up on you like those old fruit of the loom shorts? Oh my goodness! Well, that's the whole point. Uh, we got it. So, the, and and at that at that point, yeah, creeper. I remember creeper <laughs> back when it didn't have an internet usage. Right. Um, but we we got we sat down and 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 that we were watching uh, at the time we were watching the great on Hulu, which we absolutely loved. Uh, and we were sitting there watching it on the on the on the iPad and um, had our dinner out in front of us and Annette picked at hers kinda you know, ate his and meanwhile I had started just absolutely going wild on mine. Oh, yeah. it's the best tasting food I'd ever had in my <laughs> life. And I got done with mine and Walked into the kitchen where I had a big old half-gallon tub of Bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream. Got me a tablespoon spoon out of the out of the silverware drawer and, and scooped out a <laughs> big bite and hmm that was good. And came back and started on her her uh, started on her dinner. Oh geez. Narantan, Narantan, thank you, Bernadette. Narantan, thank you. That's what it is. Gabapentin is Narantan. 
But anyway, I started on hers, and then after a little while, I went back to the kitchen, got my spoon, got my half gallon, dug myself out a big another big hunk of ice cream. Went after that, went back, and went went to work on it. And this went on like two or three times, and finally, uh, standing in because Jerry'd been like, you know, you won't get much of a buzz. You know, never believe scary Jerry when he tells you you won't get much of a buzz. I didn't fully appreciate the truth of that statement back then. Because I was I stood stood in front of the coffee table and looked at Annette and said, "Honey, I think I'm wasted, and I've got the munchies bad." She said, "I was wondering when it was going to dawn on you." Did I ever tell you the story of I won tickets to go see the movie W? I think it was an Oliver Stone film about George W. Bush. That's yeah, title W. And I, I, I won tickets, so I went up to the station to get them, the radio station. And then the date of the uh, that the, the, the passes were good for, or the pass, or de- well, whatever. Uh, I went, I, I, I went to the theater. There was a McDonald's in the mall where the theater was, so I got there in time to have some lunch, because a few days before I had stopped by a dispensary for one of those special brownies which I'd never had one of these particular well, special brownies from this place. So I took the whole uh, brownie with me. So after I had my uh, filet fish and fries and my soft drink from McDonald's, I'm sitting at the bench there in the mall, and I said, well, you know, a little dessert would be good about now. So I have, a quarter, I have a quarter of the brownie. I figure a quarter will give me, it's like sending down a well. It's like a test well. To, to see whether you're going to strike water or oil or whatever, or if it's going to be a, a duster. Okay. So I have a quarter of the brownie. And I'm sitting there, and everything's digesting properly, and I don't feel any particular creeping sensation of any sort. So it's still about 20, 30 minutes to the movie. So I said, well, how about an eighth? I'll have another eighth, of, you know, another half a quarter to see how that works. Well, before it was all over, by the time I was in the theater and had gone through the coming attractions and the previews and stuff, I'm starting to, uh, to uh, I, I, I didn't levitate exactly, but I felt like I could have if I had really put my mind to it. And I'm sitting here, and I actually, I've never had that type of reaction with any chemical ever in my entire life. I mean, I actually was having the onset of panic because by the time I was sitting there in there watching the movie, I had eaten like half of the freaking brownie. And yeah, you you're right. Did. Yeah. You're right there. Cause that's what, that's what happened. That's what happened to me. You know, I, I stood there. Oh my God. I've got, well, a little bit later, I you know, we got done watching the, the grate and everything, put away the dinner dishes and I toddled off to bed and she Slept toddled well, off to I'll bed. Be. No, no, I didn't. No, I I, I, uh, I I got in bed, turned out the lights, turned my little noisemaker on, and all of a sudden, these thoughts started happening. Oh, thoughts dear. like, what if I forget how to breathe? Oh, dear. And kind of laid there Are with marijuana the... Marijuana brownies? Uh, CBD ate gummies. Yeah, I mean, I'm a lightweight. I'm, I, you know, 
Gone are the days yeah, when I'm I could. Old, I'm an old pro. Yeah, gone are the days when I could hoover hoover up a, 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 a an eighth bag of Mexican ditch weed. Uh, if my if my current self, in terms of substance use and and be able being able to dance with it, were to meet my younger self back when I was in my early twenties, back when I was a hearty partier, I wouldn't. If I saw me coming, my old self coming. My, my current self coming from the other direction down the sidewalk, I would cross over. I wouldn't even speak to the... Get the, away the, from the, me, you fry brain. You old fart. You old fool. What's wrong with you? Can't you handle it? Can't you handle your goods? You know? And I'm thinking, Jesus, what a fucking lightweight I've become. Gone were the days. Yeah. Oh, and by the, uh, by the way, uh, Jude let me know, uh, Neurontin, just to let you know, in hospice, it was successful in easing nerve pain. Many a soul was able to leave here with a paste compound that included Neurontin. Uh, I saw what it did to my father. It turned him into a staggering mess. Um, and I knew that I didn't want any part of it. And it's got oodles of nasty side effects. So, you know, I tried the natural method. You know, and and best. and it and it worked great. I just never did a whole one again. I got a very sharp because gummies are kind of hard to cut. I got a very sharp knife and I cut it into quarters, and didn't make me feel like quite such an idiot. See, I, I wasn't all that familiar with the way that edibles work, as opposed to you know ignitable. <laughs> okay, it's a different story, isn't it? It is quite a different story. Or when it's heated like I do. What, Sparky? I didn't get that. When it's heated. Oh, yeah, toasted. Like Lucky Strike uh, greens, you know, they're toasted. Yeah. It turns brown. Yeah, basically, it's hot hot enough to release the essences of it, the the good stuff. Yes, and I do that every day. It's, it's that's that's vaping, isn't that? Isn't that what it's called? Vaping? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lobby turned me on to it. For pain. Well, then, uh, this, anyway, no, I'm just a lightweight. I mean, I, I can't, on, I can't, you know. I'll close on this. I, you know, because uh, there are other people here, and I want them to talk. But I just, it's its adventures in housework. Maybe I need to get back in the swing of doing housework. What else is around here that I haven't seen or have, for, have forgotten that I have? There may be money stashed somewhere, you know? But anyway, that was... Uh, well, but I guess up. the long and the short of it is you might want to try some CBD-8 gummies. Uh, uh, Randy Radar just said CBD isn't supposed to get you high. That's THC. Um CBD-8 is Delta-8 tetrahydrocannabinol, uh, um, Delta, the, the, the supposedly most psychoactive component is Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, and so, you know, they're both THCs, it's just that D, uh, CBD-8 is not supposed to be quite as psychoactive. Well, it turned out this was for me. You're like the Tasmanian, Tasmanian, Tasmanian devil of what do they what do they call people that uh, take off of other people's plates? Boosters. Uh, I didn't hear it. What? Boosters. Moochers, Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, I don't uh, get any of that because I'm high on Jesus. Yeah, right. Well, see, that's the thing. I've turned into such a lightweight, you know. No drinking, no no drink, no smoke, no you know, no edibles. I mean, you know, just kind of wa- staring wide eye in, in wide eyed wonder at the horror of it all. <laughs> nope, yeah, no respite. And that's be- and that's best for me as I try to reduce my uh, reduce my blood sugar and everything. And now, you know, now my biggest vice is my little, my little tiny itsy bitsy teensy weensy cup of uh, no sugar added rice pudding at the end of the day. Mm-mm-mm. It really is has good. It, has it come to that, Robert? It's come to that. It's come to that. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here knocking back a uh, a uh, naturally frigid can of bubbly brand coconut pineapple sparkling water. And it's really quite delicious. Delicious. Beats the hell out of drinking diet pop. Yeah, yes, indeed. Well, that's my. And uh, that's that's, that's my, another uh, thing that somebody told me about, you know, reducing blood sugar is, you know, really pounding the water, and the colder the better. I used there was this water, I think it's called Propel, and yeah. it has a. I always liked Propel because it had the essence of a fruit flavor to it, and it was sweetened, which I prefer, but not with uh, aspartame, because I will not allow that anywhere near me. I've read so many bad things about it, and I don't know that the yellow packets are any better for you or worse for you, but I don't think they, from what I've read. They metabolize a little bit, uh, the uh, what you're talking about, uh, sucro, uh, sucralose. Sucralose, yeah. Yeah, it metabolizes a little bit more like sugar, so it'll screw with your numbers more. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm watching the clock because we're coming up on 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I, video. I think God. the video, the video uh, drops at, at 6 um, and I've been doing some. I was doing some reading along the way. We're finding out now that at least some of the uh, homicidal cops who killed Tyree Nichols were a member of something called Scorpion. Scorpion was one of those special paramilitary police units. Um. It stands for um, Stop Community Something Something. Uh, oh, where is it? Uh, it? It was created in October of 2021. Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. How Orwellian does that sound? And they're well, supposed that, to stop homicides, assaults, and robberies. Yeah, on the, that, that's their that's their state. Well, uh, and, and, and apparently, shortly before the murder of uh, Tyree Nichols, uh, another person said that he w- he had the living be Jesus beaten out of him. By the Scorpion unit. Um, among other things, Benjamin Crump and his legal team are calling for uh, Scorpion to be disbanded 
saying that all too often such such police gangs can turn into quote a pack of wolves. Um, another another black man in Memphis said he was the victim of excessive force by Scorpion officers just a few days before they murdered uh, Tyree Nichols. And that, of course, is one of the central problems here. You have the idea of policing, which gets escalated because just, you know, similar to Pentagon budgets, police budgets never go down. They always go up because they want more gizmos. They want more deadly force. It's... uh, Somewhat, somewhat like what's going on in Atlanta right now. I've mentioned this uh, on a number of evenings. The governor of Georgia has declared a state of emergency because people don't want a massive paramilitary uh, urban warfare center built uh, smack dab in the middle of Atlanta in DeKalb County. Is this like a training center or, yeah. or a headquarters? Yeah, uh, with, a, with a training center with a shitload of corporate backing behind it. Did you ever see the movie in the early two, 2000, just after the turn of the uh, millennium, Why We Fight? Eugene Jarecki, I think, was the guy who yeah. wrote it and directed it. I believe they cover the, mili- the, the that film, that documentary, covers the 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 uh, uh, the new. Well, it may not even be new, but the 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 revving up of the militarization of local police departments in major places and even some minor ones. And it, it's scarier than, I mean, when I saw that, I had no idea that shit was going on. But the military obviously can't buy enough of this stuff, so they've got to have secondary markets. If they can't sell it overseas to somebody else, which they're probably do, likely doing, then, oh, well, let's take it down to local market and have a different paint scheme, color scheme on the equipment. But it's still, it's still just as deadly. And it can still be used when the power structure is seeing people, quote, act up in their estimation. Hey, Scott. Yeah. This is not about the militarization of the police. Why not? That's pretty much That's the way not it's... what it's about. Okay, well, what is it about? This is about two questions. What do the police do and what are they supposed to do? I have been assaulted twice in the last two years on the New York City subway. Twice. Cops all over the fucking place. The second time, which happened this past December, was in a station that houses a police station. The police station is in the subway stop. What the are fuck these are they city so- police or, or, yes. or, or transit police? Yeah, the NYPD. That's an, 
There is no such, there are no transit police in New York. Okay, because I know some, like DC, had trans had transit cops, but but the bottom line is this: what are these? Okay, they're everywhere. I still got assaulted twice. Yeah. This last time robbed. Jesus. What do they do? Well, in your case, what, not what a goddamn they, thing. No, no, but what exactly? What are they so what I don't even and I'm not even being cynical here. I'm not being fuckhead here. What are they supposed to do? I wish someone would say to me, cops are supposed to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know what the hell they're supposed to do. Well, that's the the pro the problem, Steve, is that um uh, let me see, what how can I put this? There are a lot of euphemisms for what they're supposed to do. To protect and to serve, maintain public order, enforce the laws. But every but every time they get but every time they get hauled into court when they fail to you know fail to protect, fail to serve, fail to maintain public order, fail to uh, a court will declare, and and I mean, th th these cases are all over the place, that the police have no duty whatsoever to do any of that. And of course, you as a lawyer know that know, know the, the, the duty is a term of art. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think a better lay term would be responsibility. Yeah. Because I will tell you, when I first, when I, when I got my nose broken and got knocked out and woke up on the subway and got off, I didn't call the cops. And I won't kid you, one of the reasons I didn't call the cops was I thought, oh, I can see where this goes. They find out who did this or who they think did this. <laughs> And they go wherever the, and the kid who, and the, and the person who did it was black. And they go where the person is, and the guy ends up, and they end up shooting the guy and killing him because he broke my nose. I, I, no. The only reason I went this time was because it was in a police, it was, <coughs> excuse me, right, it, the police station was right above me in the station, the subway station. So I look at it, at least from my perspective, right now, I get on a subway. I now carry a weapon with me. Not a gun, not a knife. I won't say what it is, but I carry something I can hurt somebody with. I go to one end of the car, turn myself towards the other, towards the other part of the car, and stare at people. I see cops all the time on the platform. And it takes everything I've got for me to not walk up to them and say, what the fuck do you do? I've been assaulted twice. Get paid a lot of money. Get paid a lot of money. What do you do? I've been assaulted twice on this train. So what are you doing here? 
Now, and, and again, and I, I don't want this to become a racial thing because it's not. This latest time, it was four kids who surrounded me, four black kids who surrounded me, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying they're black kids, for, and I'll tell you why. There's a reason I'm saying that. Who did what they did? Now, I see young black men get on the subway and tense up. I've got no. There's no rational reason. There's not. Robin and I talked about this a long, right, right after it happened. They were young. They were young kid. They were young kids. I was by myself. I had my phone sitting out watching it. So a bunch of young fucking kids with nothing else to do assaulted me and robbed me. Had nothing to do with race. But the fact is, I can't help, and I don't like this. And it pisses me off at myself, but I cannot help about what happened. And I hate it. I was on, uh, <clears throat> maybe a week or two or three afterwards, I was on the subway just sitting there. And this tall, young black man walks towards me. Um leans on the on the uh, subway door right next to me he pulls his mask up over his face under any other circumstance any other situation i probably wouldn't even have i wouldn't have noticed it to tell you to tell everybody but i got up tensed up moved towards the middle of the car tried to get around other people because of this. And again, it comes down to, what are they supposed to do? What do they do? I don't know what they do. I mean, the way I see it, I'm no, my situation is no different from them being there or not being there. And you're as much at risk. You're at much. You're at much. You are as at much. You are as much at you want risk. Some of my polygrip. Yeah, if you don't mind, <laughs> give me a little. Yeah, Squeeze. Give me a little. Give, yeah, a, give me. Yeah, cut me out a rail of that shit. Um, <laughs> you are as much at risk from anybody else as you as 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 you are as as you are by. Any other ethnicity. Yeah. And you recognize that. Part of the trouble is, is, is what they self-identify as, as they being the, the police people. Once upon a time, they were referred to commonly as peace officers. Okay. But somewhere along the line, there was a shift. It might have been a gradual shift. They became law enforcement. And to me, the, the mission of the job changes with the description. If you're a peace officer, you're there to preserve the public uh, tranquility and peace and, and, and keep shit from coming down. If you're a law enforcement, 
But see, they're doing neither. That's the hell of it. Based on your experience, I was surprised when you said you saw police police people on the platform. I would would have thought that they wouldn't even deign to come out to do that from from your experience. And that's got to be maddening. Um, honestly, Scott, <clears throat> I don't I'm not mad anymore. I've never been mad. No, I mean, it, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah, but this and, and this this is all lizard brain stuff. OK, yeah, yeah. I, but oh, I'm yeah. not to the point where I just. I don't know. I, I, like I say, I, I just, I don't know what they do. I don't, and, and I don't know what they're supposed to do. All I know is when I say to people, I am not, I am not for defunding the police. I'm for abolishing the police. Well, that's and what, I, that's what Tracy said last night. She said, you know, I'm a strict abolitionist. Because I don't know what they do. I, and I know I keep saying that, but I'm not. That to me, that's not just words. It's why have something when? First of all, well, depending depending on the jurisdiction, I can answer. What do they do? Well, okay, but I have an I have an uh, I have an old friend of long standing who way back when we were together in law school mm -hmm. uh, referred to them, and, and and you can tell how long this has stuck with me as a result. Tax collectors in funny hats. I mean, somebody with 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 limited exceptions. Let's take a four lane highway. Somebody who's doing seventy five miles, seventy six miles an hour on a sixty five mile an hour stretch of road is no greater threat to public safety than someone doing 55 miles an hour on that same 65-mile-an-hour stretch of road. But a statutory screen, scheme has been set up for the sole purpose of revenue generation under the guise of public safety that allows them to pull people over for excessive speed under the false rubric that speed kills or for some people keyed spills and you know so the ticket gets written the motorist pays the ticket the motorist was never at any time some sort of desperate criminal the public was never in jeopardy and there's more money in the coffers it's 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 a it's a it's a monetary scheme. Now I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that all that it's always that way. I have personal experience with times when, you know, the night the night the night that I saw the drunk lady, and she was, uh, we you know the the New River Gorge Bridge is four lanes. And Ferg and I were actually on the way over to pick up a, a, a pizza, and she swung. She came pulling out of the, uh, made a right turn onto US 19, uh, right at the bridge. The right lane of US 19 was 
shut down, but there was a gap in the orange cones, and she went into the right lane that was closed and smacked into a huge piece of Caterpillar-branded heavy road work equipment. We saw it happen and dialed 911, and somebody got there. There were ambulances and what? No, no, I take that back. She got, she got out of her car and ran away because it, it, it took them till the next day uh, to find her, and she was still drunk. Or the night that I was on my way across the bridge, and I noticed curiously in the southbound uh, two lanes that there were some headlights coming toward me. And you'd be surprised how often this happens. Um Lo and behold, it was somebody northbound in the southbound lanes. That and and again, I got I dropped the dime to nine one one. I said, hey, "This is the mile marker I'm at. I just got passed by somebody going northbound in the southbound lane. Somebody's going to die." I because I almost just did. Uh, so arguably, there's a purpose there. I'm gonna I'm gonna suspend operations for a minute, however, because uh, they're rolling now the uh, the the Tyree Nichols video. And what I'm seeing right now is a body cam inside a police cruiser. We'll start, and you will see him pull up to the actual traffic stop. And that's in about 15 or 20 seconds. But I just want everyone to understand your TV's working fine. You're not hearing it because there isn't audio. That audio is going to begin here in just a few seconds, and we're going to just sit all back together and watch this as this officer pulls up. Real time. Okay, he's complying. Lay down. I'm just trying to go home. Man, if you don't lay down. Oh, I am on the ground. Put your hands on your stomach. I am. I got you. Okay. Get the fuck back. Stop. I'm not doing it. That's when he got up and ran. The thugs pursue. Remember, this is just a traffic stop. There's no wants out, nothing. Twenty-nine thirty-eight, where it rains and Ross Taser was deployed. Suspect is running down Ross. Young male black, slim build, blue jeans, and a hoodie. Okay. 
tap down on Ross when we last saw him. What's up? I got you. All right, hang on, hang on. Ready? All right, just straight. Why in the prongs hit the bastard? All right, your car is right in front of you. This is my car. Grab my wallet. All right, hang on. Where's your water? So now they're okay, going through his car. Get more. Yeah. Right here. Negative 2938. Where are my damn glasses at? Huh? Okay, okay. 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 The peace officers are rehydrating while they uh, rifle his car. Left eye again? Yeah. And I think they maced themselves. I can't see jack shit. My glasses when he was fighting me. He wasn't fighting you, dipshit. This is how they set it up. Yeah. This is going to take a while. What's up? Right eye. Uh, Alright, ready? Yeah. Well, right eye. Uh, I guess one of his comrades pepper sprayed him. hear him peel out. He's in an unmarked, uh, looks like either a Dodge Charger or a Challenger. Okay, I gotta find my glasses and get this damn taser downloaded. Wait, right off.
2938, did you also read that I deployed my taser? Thin male black, blue jeans, and a plaid jacket. Yeah, 150 pounds of six foot three because he's got Crohn's disease. I'm sorry, Scott, what? Is it is it is the same cops who go to where he is once they find him? I'm sorry, say again. Is it the same cops that go these cops, do they go to where he is? No, these are these are the first two cops that rousted him and they're 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 uh, they're completely winded and blown and, and, and they're uh uh they're taking his car they're going through his car. Okay, so it's their buddies who, who uh, Yeah, it's the it's up. the rest of the gang. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut in, but I was just curious. I will spray myself. Shit, you sprayed me too, but... Three tasers. Luckily, didn't get my eyes, just on my eyebrow. I hope they stomp his ass. Come on, I hope they stomp his ass. Smith is calling for other cars, because him and Martin are chasing him. watching this traffic stop unfold and now we've got to interrupt with uh, some commentary from the multimillionaire for-profit media <sighs> yeah because we have to be we, we have to be told how to view it and how to understand it by the way while I'm at it um, the Robin Really Needs Money Challenge of $25 is in from uh, Ralphs, who says she'll add 25 bucks if somebody will meet it. Uh, we've got 16.20 to finish the month, 10.20 to finish the week, and Appalachian Power breathing down my neck. 
Uh, it would be great if someone would like to match Ralph's challenge. Um, let me check here and see if... Uh, see if they're done yet. Here we go. We're back to the audio. I believe that what you will see here when the audio begins is where the actual beating of Tyree Nichols took place. So uh, you should be aware that that's what you're about to see if you want to see this. We're watching this all together. We have not seen it. Uh, and the audio is going to start in just a few seconds. Uh, so this is an officer driving up to the scene. As you know, Tyree Nichols, we just saw, had run away. A police officer tried to hit him with a taser, failed to do so. He ran and a chase ensued. This is the most disturbing one we are told that we are going to see of all this footage. So let's listen in now. And yet somehow the audio keeps dropping out. Ross and Cascade Lane. He's on the ground. You might get sprayed again. Now the beating begins. Mom! Jesus calling for his mama. Give me a fucking hand. Give me a hand. Okay. suburban neighborhood now. Cookie cutter homes. Cars in driveways. Curiously, all we're seeing is the cookie cutter homes. Where's the body cam of the cop doing the damage? just barely peripheral video this particular body cam footage is showing nothing but the back of the car now he's walking up to the victim he's going to start beating him with a baton they've got him standing now now they're punching him in the head. Give me your hand. Give me your fucking hand. Still slapping him in the head. Ross and Castlegate. 
We are east of the intersection. All this for nothing. And again, the guy who threatened to baton his ass is walking around all, 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 all exhausted, winded. The Castlegate Creek. You can get here from Ross and Castlegate. More rollers showing up for one man. Hey, can you get my car, At least five cruisers on site. Yeah. For one unarmed skinny black young man. Uh, let me get my car quick. And all we can see is Lardass walking away. Where's the other body cam footage? What you just saw there, of course, was part of the horrible beating of Tyree Nichols, one of the... Yeah, just part of it. And I guess they'll, they'll load up the next piece of video. It says that uh, it contains footage from Memphis Police Department officer body cams. Here we go again. Well, we are told. Again, what you're about to see is graphic and difficult to watch. It's stark. Oh, stop already. Audio, but... who had responded to this. This feels a lot like manufacturing consent. We're still inside the cruiser going somewhere. Another cruiser. And the roller is showing up on the scene. So let's listen again here at the beginning. There are two cops in this car. The audio begins. Why is that where the audio begins? And that's the tackle. That's that's where they this is where they tackled him when they finally caught him the second time. No mercy.
Meanwhile, there's absolutely nothing on the video. You hear the screams for his mama, but it's just a blank screen. Damn, man. Why is my head, man? You think you're talking so much shit, man? 
He on something. Hey, he cut. He cut. Yeah, he cutting through traffic. I'm talking about take folks out. I'll get oncoming traffic and everything. Man, I got some camera. Twenty nine thirty eight. This is how I want me to come down to you, or are you bringing him back down here? Bring him down here. Bring him down here. Come on, come on. Are you looking for your glasses, bro? No, Finally, he uncovers his body, his body cam. Tyree Nichols at this point is handcuffed behind his back with his back against the police cruiser. Most of the cops are off having a confab over by the other car. Yeah, they're worried about whether the cops are injured. Tyree Nichols is hardly moving. Propped against the car. Now we see the body cam with the cop tying his shoelace. I just reopened my shit back up, bro. Whoa. My leg, bro. My knee. Oh, Oh, hey, he took our running as soon as I seen him wiping his face, bro. Hold on, where y'all see him? Man? Right here. He was running through the yard, bro. This is why I got him. I, like, I said he ain't. I couldn't see no more. Boy, you said that. We went through there. Yeah. Y'all said bald head, though. I was like, yeah. But then he started running, bro. You saw, oh, yeah. He was wiping his face. I said he wiped his face. So that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I see y'all. I see him. He's at run. He's at run all the time. As soon as I took his ass to the ground. So I like fuck my leg, bro. I know I'm gonna see this shit. Bro, my shit been hurting all day, but when I seen that boy running, bro, that hey. motherfucker ain't yeah. sorry no more, bro. Boy. Bro. Come on, motherfucker over here. That motherfucker hot. He hot. He hot as a mother. Hey, sit up, bro. Sit up, man. And, uh, here you go, Chris. 
What the fuck wrong with my radio, bro? Shit. My shit off the channel like a motherfucker. I see right here. I ain't my light go, bro? He just fell all the way over. He can't sit up. And he's wondering, and the cops are wondering where their lights are. Has there been an ambulance called yet? Man, I was hitting him with spray. Yeah, you're not wrong, Ron and Raleigh. Ron says, while this was going on, I knew someone would claim that Tyree was on something, probably PCP. Excuses on the run. Now they're getting their story straight. He was going from a gun, too. So I'm like, he grabbed Hear that? Yeah, he was going from a gun. Get that story straight, fellas. I threw it on the way running. That's what he done. This is the ma this is making up the excuse. This is the making up the probable cause part of the process. Don't think they're not taught how to do this. There are at least eight cops around. By the way, there's a white cop in there too. Yeah, him and
Oh, I got my shit in my pocket. Now, where you was at, bro? Where you was at, Smith? Where you was at? Water. All right, I think we're up to 11 cops. <laughs> Body cam guys just walking away. Kyrie Nichols is back up against the car, leaning on his right shoulder, looking like he's about to vomit. No effort to render aid whatsoever. Come on, I'm trying to find him. Unless it's under the car, I get on there. Look, Mills got it. Hey, Mills. What Mills it? Jesus Christ. And not a single citizen steps out to video any of this. Not one. Guessing it's a white neighborhood. He's in agony. He's rolling on the ground. I don't know what the fuck you're shooting. Oh my stop. Oh.
What unit transported that stab victim in to where? More selective editing. Body cams just really aren't much use if they're all blurred out. And we're going to get some more professional commentary for the, from the multimillionaire for-profit media. Um, jump in, anybody. I'm just a little bit pissed off at the selective editing and the blurring out there. Yeah. And 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 the and and the body cam that curiously is not recording anything. The next footage at comes. The, at the, the next footage comes from a pole camera. I'm just curious at the start of the video when all, all that they started airing this. Was there any video of what they said he was doing on the roadway? No. No. All we've got. And is a surprise. And in the commentary I heard earlier, there's been absolutely nothing on any video to uh, give cause for the original stop. And right now the poll camera is recording at 8.32 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a looks like an upscale, it's definitely an upscale neighborhood. Well, one of those body cams showed a nice Mercedes motorhome. Yeah. Um, amazingly enough, Robin, your audio is about 10 or 15 seconds ahead of mine watching CNN. Wow. Maybe because uh, maybe maybe because I'm closer to Atlanta. <laughs> could be. I, I but it still has my... to bounce off a satellite and get back down. The uh, pole camera is beginning to show some flashing lights. It apparently moves, the pole camera does. Second part of the incident. And they're still... Aha! The pole camera has now found the stopped car. So now the pole camera has centered on... Uh, four cops beat. Uh, look, no, three cops beating the holy hell out of Tyree Nichols. Okay, there's four cops in the frame. One wandered off to the side. Three were uh, three doing things to Tyree Nichols. 
who is not moving on the ground. Oh, there's a, yeah. Okay, there's a kick to the head. Yep. Well, it's no wonder. I mean, since it's, they've got to cover one another's asses. Yeah. It's, it's no wonder the guy turned away, you know, when the when the pertinent stuff was going on. And now in the fourth, fifth one, sixth one's come in. And okay, there, there's the fourth one. He snapped his baton out, and he's beginning to beat him with the baton mercilessly. Tyree Nichols is staggering. Another cop is beginning is is punching him repeatedly in the head. He's helpless. His hands are behind his back. This is without audio. Repeated punches to the body in the head. How can this be deemed as anything but intentional conduct? Isn't the official law typey thing that once the person no longer presents a hazard to the officer, they're supposed to start treating humanely? Yeah, yeah. But that's why that's why even when someone's helpless on the ground, the cops keep yelling, stop resisting, stop resisting, stop resisting. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. And if you do so much as move your feet like the, like, like like Tyree Nichols is doing right now, they will continue the beating. Now we've got more co- cops just running up onto the scene who don't know who don't know anything and delivering a swift kick to his head. And he's he's no there's no risk of flight there's no risk of injury at this point. No, he's helpless. He's already handcuffed. He's handcuffed yeah. and he's helpless. And yeah. he's on the ground and injured too, badly injured and rolling. Yes, his feet are flailing a little bit, but Jesus. Oh, one of them shined a light to see what was going on and how bad he was, and then turned the light off. You know, it occurs to me that this probably looks a little bit like what was done to Emmett Till. I was listening to a commentary on something earlier, and that was whether or not they're going to do an open coffin on this one with no cosmetic bullshit. And... uh, it seemed like the, the mother was thinking about it. Then they put him up on his knees and then drop him again and his head strikes the pavement. They pick him up and drag him to the cruiser. One of the sons of bitches is limping. Yeah, I'm here. 
Robin? Yeah. You know what? Here's what one of the fundamental things that I don't understand about this. And if you remember, remember the thing it was in where the guy fell asleep in a McDonald's parking lot and they got him out and they, and he, and they, he ran away and they tased him. I think they, I think they shot him in the back or something. They have his car, which means they have his license plate, which means they know where he lives. Yeah. So what I, and I, what I don't understand is if you know that stuff and. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the same kind of thinking behind why do we have hot pursuit chases that wind up killing innocent bystanders? You've got his plate. You know his address. Steve, I, Steve, I think you're talking about a kid in Texas. It was right in the middle of COVID. They shot him twice in the back running away. Right. He has taken one of their tasers and fired back at them. Didn't hit them, ran with the taser. They shot him twice and stood on him as he fucking gurgled until the EMS came. He couldn't fucking move and he was dying. Right. Yeah, that's the one. But that's why I don't want, I mean... And see, if we think back to what we had earlier where the body cam footage with the audio, what they're showing now from the poll cam looks like the time when they were standing there getting their stories straight and talking about all the things that he did to them or how he was driving erratically. And you know, Robin, let's just assume that's all true. Let's just assume it's true. They still had his car. They knew they, they yeah. knew where to find him. So I just feel like I, I feel like <clears throat> if I were to talk to a cop right now, that they'd be like, "Oh well, you know, you just don't understand the heat of this and the heat of that." And my response would be, "Yes, but the heat of he ran away. He was running away from you. So at this point, wouldn't you say?" I mean, this is a street gang, okay? This is a really in, in, obscenely funded street gang. And it's weird to watch how they're, 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 they're all in a sort of semicircle around him, staying back from him. And, okay, now they're, now, now they're caucusing and getting their story straight and talking about their probable cause. Yeah, and Roger, yeah, there's that there's that Merce, there's that Mercedes uh, the Mercedes Benz. Uh, uh, recreational vehicle. There's a famous video of Tupac being interviewed when he was in Rikers for the fake rape charges they threw at him, and he said a couple times in the interview he was told straight up by the police that the biggest gang in New York City deal with it. Yeah. The, the cops are the biggest gang on the streets anywhere. Remember how I earlier said, posed the question, what do they do? Any takers on that to answer it? Well, this is part of what they do. How about what are they supposed to do? Well, what they were supposed to do... You know I'm being somewhat facetious. No, I do. I know. I know. I know. I know. Hey, but this shit breaks my heart. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm sick at my stomach. 
I, I will be frank with you, Robin. A lot of it I just had to turn off and couldn't listen to. We're, you know, it, and yet we are so desensitized to this crap. You know, Hollywood is very good at making stuff look real. So, you know, you can turn on just about any any cop show and see something similar. But in this case, we are watching a human being be murdered. And we're watching the murderers plan, conspire their story. Because they probably don't actually teach how to get your story straight in the academy, but rookies learn it almost immediately. That's why a rookie is always with a training officer. Remember, Derek Chauvin was a training officer. He taught him all the tips and tricks for how to get away with it. Well, I can kind of confess to this, because some of you guys know, at one point in my life I was part of corrections. And in the academy, you're taught the right way to do things. You know the legal way, and then you get inside the jails. And the guy you're training with, the girl you're training, will tell you all the tips and tricks. Number one, punch him in the stomach. He doesn't leave bruises. No joke. Well, and, and, and what you're talking about brings to mind the movie Training Day. Denzel Washington and uh, I forget who else was in it. And it's an older movie, like early 2000s. Have you ever seen that? I mean, and the keeping of the stories, concocting, actually, of the stories. And everybody's got to be on the same page. Right. And and since there's like 10 or 11 cops there, what you see is you see the cops going over and conversing with the ones who weren't actually involved in killing him making sure that they're on board, too. Yeah, they're putting out the myth for the ones who weren't actually present. And again, the poor young man, beaten young man, falls over on his side, and a cop comes over and kicks him in the leg. And presumably... People around the world, certainly, because CNN is international, but in cities around the country, there are people like us who are watching it, and and they wonder why people take to the streets, and God knows. And they already are, Scott. People are already in the streets in Memphis. Thank you, Ralphs, for sharing that with me. Well, see, yeah, but you think of everywhere else where similar things or worse things have happened over time. And it's no wonder that people, when they see something like this, it just reinforces the power of the system and the organization and the fucking blue, what are they, the, 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 oh, the fucking police unions? I'm nothing against unions, but I do have something against oh, enabling. Yeah. No, cop, cop, union, cop unions aren't unions, okay? Well, they're associations, I think. Aren't well, they? no, I mean, they, no, they're cop unions, but they're not unions. They're 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 criminal organizations. Cop cartels. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Steve. Yeah. And 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 something else occurs to me as we watch all of this, 
And thank you, Jeremy, for jumping in, and thank you, Theo, for jumping in. Um, you both met, uh, helped to meet uh, Ralph's challenge. That's so big. Um, we're down to uh, 1570 to finish the month of January. Well, just, try this song and see if. Well, I just wanted to finish a thought, Scott. Okay, go ahead. I wonder. Uh, first of all, I wanted to point out that they're uh, that they're now bannering source city of Memphis, unedited by CNN. So everything that we're seeing has already been dummied up by the city of Memphis. I'm guessing at trial, I, I can't imagine a judge would say, "Well, okay, we can watch the dummied up version." But it's entirely possible. Isn't there time code though on on the on raw some, on well on the on the footage from the from the, the the poll cam there is, but there's a lot of heavy editing on the so-called body cams, most yeah. of which are just is just an image. You know, I don't know if he rubbed. The, look. It looked like there was Vaseline on the fucking right hands. tips and tricks. I was about to say the same thing. You know. Or just rub, you know, basic body oil and sweat and rub it across the lens of the camera. They know they're wearing these things and they know how to deal with them. But the question I was going to ask earlier, I wonder if it occurred to any of the officials of the city of Memphis that they were going to be releasing this on Holocaust Remembrance Day. Because you know who these cops are behaving like? Oh, fucking stormtroopers, SS. The brown, the brown shirts, right, Robert? No, they're behaving like the Waffen SS. The uh, Death's yeah. Heads, the Death's Head SS. Hi, everyone. Hi, Christopher. Hey, Christopher. Hi. I wonder if that cop Not that was limping around got a knife stick across the leg. Oh, one of his buddies screwed up and whacked him? Yeah. Yeah. And then that cop, Roger, said, look what you made me do, and then beat, beat his ass more. Look at what those flashing white lights are on the cop car. Yeah, well, look at look at what the flashing lights do in terms of one's ability to see what's going on. And again... How long has this been going on? Where's the ambulance? The young man is yeah, obviously incapacitated. No attempt to render aid whatsoever. And now he's immobile. Unbelievable. Well, it is believable. Marco. Yeah. And again, these are tactics that are taught to cops all over America. We have... You know, uh, I say time after time after time that we have a Nazi problem in this country that we scarcely acknowledge well we have a cop problem that we scarcely acknowledge and the, and cop, and the, the cops had- and the cops are using fascist tactics I mean that's that's why that hash that's why that hashtag ACAB ACAB you see it all over the place now it stands for all cops are bastards and isn't and, and, the, but you were going to say, Christopher, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me let me no no let me say this real quick, Scott. Uh, but how many of the boobleheads that we're watching on TV are are, are going to utter, "This isn't who we are." I'm um, probably going to projectile puke the first time I hear that. 
I, I'm sure they're already saying that in, in, in Memphis. You know, this is not who we are. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I would do... I, I, I'm see when it comes to when it comes right down to it, we're in an us versus them situation, and in a very real way, we don't have any of the power other than to try to make sense of it and show it when it happens. But that only will take that'll only take you so far. What is going to come of this? There's not going to be any reform, at least from the police uh, uh, side of the ledger. And I mean, then you got to look at these, the background of these of these officers. What is there? Would you know how many of them are former military? Okay, so there's that. There seems to be a mindset, a hive uh, mentality, or something. With with people who go in for that line of work to start with. Well, yeah. And again, I guess this is the part where I, I think back ages ago uh, to the guy who sued the police force because they wouldn't give him a job because his IQ was too high. Yeah. And earlier in the in the in the chat about maybe an hour ago, I posted a link. It is only like six minutes long of a bit that Lenny Bruce used to do about a year or so before he died about law enforcement and and the and the history of it the the mindset of it and i i recommend it to anybody you know later to listen to that and that was in fuck 1964 1965 and look where we are now because ultimately what this type of video and incident is 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 aimed toward is to reinforce the, the fact that we, we may outnumber them, but they overpower us. They've got my the, mom was, the sticks my, and the mace and the gas and the bullets and the guns. My mom the, was in Grant Park in uh, 1968. In Chicago? She see all this shit. Oh, she, yeah, oh, she's God. right in the middle of it all. And it was, didn't that commission ultimately declare that a police riot? Yeah, right I wonder what it? wiki. I wonder what it says in Wikipedia. That's a great question. I don't know what they call it. The history. Yeah, Randy well, Radar. Yeah, just, was... Randy Radar just said, "Not all cops, right?" Well, yeah. It's like yeah, there might be a duck, a rare duck. Hey, uh, yeah, here's here's just a little little thought experiment. Pay attention to the news for the next two or three days. See how many. Uh, hero good cop stories just happen to come into the into the into the uh, in, into, into the feeds. Here, here's something to ponder. One cop is standing there just watching his dying body. Another uh, and, and a white cop enters and and turns to to, to by God they knew there was a pole cam up there. And they're trying to block. They're 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 trying to block visibility. Uh huh. Say on the old pay Right. Let's ponder a statement. I heard this. I think I heard this on Stephanie Miller today. Somebody said, 
we've all heard the well. This is just a couple. There's just a few bad apples, right? Yeah, yeah. We've all heard that. Yeah. Now, remember what somebody again? I think it was Stephanie today. Somebody on there mentioned the fact that the statement is a few bad apples spoils the bunch. Yeah, one bad apple will rot the whole barrel. Will rot the whole barrel. Mm-hmm. If you've got a thousand apples, good apples, and you throw in ten rotten apples, and you make applesauce out of it, what do you have? You have rotten applesauce. The bottom line is, okay, great. Let's just assume there's a few bad apples. The problem is, the whole bunch is spoiled. Mm-hmm. It's a standards and practices problem. It's a process. It's a culture problem. It's a process problem. It's a training problem. It's the fact that we don't treat it like a proper profession in our country. We don't treat it like doctors and lawyers and such, right? If you're storing apples, you check them frequently. And any apple that's starting to turn bad, you remove it from you the remove rest it. of the yes. good apples. Amen, yes. Roger. Amen, yes. Roger. That's and the same thing with the next potatoes, by analogy. the way. <laughs> if you're storing potatoes, you got to check them about once or twice a month. At, well, once every week or two weeks and get rid of any that are turning rotten or they'll rot the whole goddamn crate in, in a short amount of time. Which is exactly where we are. We yeah. have we're at the bottom of the fucking barrel. We have a whole barrel full of rotten apples. I don't care how we got here, but if if, if anyone wants to tell me that we're not there, then that person might as well tell me that um, Alabama sex clams are a thing. And and given the current mindset of the power structure in this country. Sooner or later, although statistically it has to do more with black and brown people, but but just the uh, just the odds, if you if if you uh, 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 engage in any sort of real or even perceived infraction, you could be in the fucking barrel next. You know, yeah, don't take much. Don't take much. Well, and just like Michael Moore's movie, where to invade next? You know, we've got blueprints around the whole world of of countries that get this right you know and and so it's not that we can't it's not it's not fixable it's not a not fixable problem is what i'm trying to say chris you're talking about p-word countries these people don't know how to be real Shithole countries, right? By the way, I'm going to interrupt and say that somebody somebody has finally showed up in the video with some sort of, like, medic kit. But that medic kit has been uh, right in front of the Mercedes-Benz for about 10 minutes. They just moved it over. Yeah. Things can escalate quickly. And still no ambulance. I'm as white as white can be. When I was in my teens, I worked for UPS. We used to wear holsters on our side to hold our scanners attached to our finger to scan the barcodes. And I got pulled over in a small town for having a headlight out. And the cops searched my car because I gave him consent. I knew him about the time. And he said, do you have any weapons in the car? I said, no, I've got nothing. Well, he found that holster, <laughs> jumped out of the car as fast as it threw it. I said, fucking kid, did I ask you if you had a gun or not? I said, sir, it's not a, it's not a gun. It's a holster for a scanner. 
and he suddenly changed, but he was getting ready to come after me because he had a weapon in the car. Yeah, you could have been dead. Could have been yes. another couple of seconds, and <laughs> but, if you didn't, I have one if you had too much I'm, melanin in your skin, you probably would have been dead. I'm, I'm white. That's my advantage. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you're white Save and saved your, your life. Uh, I have a note from Clarence. I don't know if he's on the road or home in South Carolina, Stan. My observation. The police get away with brutality because they're allowed to do it. The citizens in every community need to start managing their behavior. This is done by managing the behavior of elected officials. Demand action from your elected officials by removal from office if there is no change in behavior. And you know what? It's probably easier to do in a small community than a larger one. But there is, you know, there's a, there's an underlying horror here, and that is tonight. Sick as it is as it is to say. Maybe in that very neighborhood where this went down, those uh, cookie cookie cutter, you know, suburban uh, McMansions. I mean, Roger already pointed out the Mercedes RV. There's a Cadillac sitting in the driveway right across from where they're killing uh, uh, Tyree Nichols. People are watching this saying, well, you know, all he had to do was comply. But one of the, you know, one of the fundamental things that lets cops beat the hell out of people is, A, you're terrified. B, you're being given, you're being given four different orders at the same time, and you cannot comply with all of them at the same time, and that then opens the door for them to beat the shit out of you. Again, it's a tactic. You overwhelm you overwhelm the victim with incomprehensible commands, screamed, sometimes not only incomprehensible, but not understandable because you got in that case you, you had four guys screaming different things at the same time. The ambulance is finally there. There's the stretcher. Um, at least. Oh, it's got got to be forty minutes. If, yeah, at, at, at least thirty, at least a half hour. Unbelievable. And see, as you have been talking, I'm sitting here thinking, <clears throat> certainly not all of these people are patrolmen. I, I don't know if there were any women involved. With no, you, uh, Scott, we talked it. about this earlier. They are members of something called the Scorpion Unit. But I mean, certainly there's got to be a ranking member. Or are they just a standalone group that doesn't really answer to anybody about anything? Maybe that was what you were getting at, and I missed it. But yeah, because some some I mean, well, I don't know. Go go ahead. They had a tactical gang like this in Chicago, and the Chicago Tribune did a week long expose on the whole thing. And yes, it was just like this, and they answered to nobody. It was just a real roving. Gang of thugs with uniforms on. Well, the term that was used in the article I saw uh, from the family's attorney, Benjamin Crump, said these 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 cop gangs often turn into a pack of wolves. Yeah. And what was the what was that show? Really good show with Michael Chiklis. Chiklis. How do you oh, pronounce it? No, before that, before that oh. show. And it was on FX, and well, I, I know the one you're talking about. Excellent. But I can't. Yeah, it, it not. It was at the Shield. I might have been. Might have been. Yeah. But that, it's all that. That whole TV show was perfect. I mean, it was exact uh, story about this. 
Now, somebody just pulled into the cul-de-sac, and they blurred out the rear of the vehicle. Can't tell if that's a resident. The ambulance has just pulled up. I would imagine that that, because they blurred the license plate, is a private vehicle. But these are nice homes in Memphis, two-car garages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a nice neighborhood. Nice cars everywhere. What, what time of night is this happening? Around midnight? Uh, it is nine. It, it is it is nine o two p.m. Central Standard Time. But when we came into this, it was about eight thirty. Twenty. Yeah. And so the video has since ended, and they're going to Don Lemon, whatever. Well, the ambulance blocked the view. But it was interesting that once you know, uh, there, there was a there was a beehive of activity as they were all running around getting their stories straight, setting up their probable cause, basically doing their conspiracy. And by the time the ambulance rolls up, everybody's just sort of standing still. All the cops are just standing still, and as far as far away from Tyree Nichols as they can get. And it's Memphis, Tennessee, and it does not take an ambulance 30 minutes. Yeah, at 8.20 at night? To get to that scene on Saturday night. It's Saturday night. If, if one were to go back to look at it, there were those bags sitting on the curb off to the left that appeared to be uh, the ambulance bags when they run up to you. You know, it's got a bunch of shit in it that they need for immediate uh, I think those bags have been there for quite some time. And for some reason, the ambulance crew was kept away, I don't know, by the cops or what. Want to take a run at the reason, Roger? Well, they didn't want him to live. No, they didn't. That No, 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 no. It took them that long to get their stories straight. Everything from the everything from the initial probable cause to stop up to the point of beating him to death. Because everything will be under review once they realized how much damage they had done. So the the ambulance people ran up with their bags and then got told to leave while the cops got their stories straight. Yeah, stand back. It's not a secure. It, you know, all I got to do is say it's not a. It's not a secure. The scene is not yet secured. It's a crime scene. With the guy on the ground unconscious being the perp, not the guys who no, murdered him. The crime is the people that murdered him. Right. And to leave them in charge is bullshit. Anyhow, on a totally different subject, and I was going to talk about this and break in, oh, I don't know, 40 minutes or so ago, that uh, tomorrow I'm uh, co-teaching or co with a lot of other people a class on emergency preparedness. And uh, this is what you try to keep around your house for earthquakes and fires and long-term power outages. and Insurrections, civil war, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, something like that. But uh, anyhow, my particular uh, topic that I'm dealing with is uh, <clears throat> alternative means of cooking. You know, gas stoves, fireplaces, fire logs, 
propane, Dutch ovens, et cetera, et cetera. Those little gel things, right? Those little gel things, you need those, right? Well, no, you take an egg carton and you put some dryer lint into it and you fill it up with, fill up the little hole with paraffin and uh, it gives you a nice little fire and you can start another fire with that or whatever. Uh, or you can mm-hmm. actually cook on them if you have a few of them. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, how to make all those things and, and all the rest of it. So bug I'm going to tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to build a bug out bag. I had a friend of mine who was teaching me how to do that when I went to visit him in Salt Lake. It's well, it's I'm all not, interesting stuff, Roger. I'm not so much into the bug out bag and, and keep your emergency kit in your car the way you can live out of it for three days. Um, I'm more into the things you have around your house because what I'm looking at here and back down in Humboldt County is the long-term power outages and earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'll still have a place to be, but the windows might be broken out or I won't have electricity or I won't have gasoline. Uh, more of that than the, uh, oh, my God, we have trouble unrest and i got to go bug out and live in the woods for the next three months. That's not my not my thing. My thing is the store of food in a shed that if the house collapses, I could with my bare hands get into wherever my food's stored. I.e., if you have a house with a basement, you don't want to store all your food in the basement because if you have a big earthquake or, or a bomb goes off in the street or something and you survive, you're not going to be able to get to your food. So you, you want to keep your food in a, in a metal container where you can get to it. Those, those are the kinds of things I'm doing. But, uh, hmm. well, I'll tell you, this watching TV for the last 40 minutes has been a mind bender. Uh-huh. Anyhow, Rick's got his hand up. Billable, we've been right, waiting for you. Yes, you have been. I've been listening to the conversation here. I tell you that. Hey, Rick, you cut out, Rick. Did I cut out? No, Rick cut out. Yeah, you're there. I'm there. Roger's there. Dang it, Rick. Always leaving us on the... Oh, it was kind of funny. CNN cut to the protests, and they showed the protests for about 20 seconds, and then went to four minutes of ads. Medicare Advantage Advisors is what I'm getting. How lovely. Goddamn Medicare uh, Advantage is worse than used car warranties. Uh Uh-huh. I'm getting all kinds of phone calls. JJ pitching it heavy. Well, Rick Stack just left, so hopefully he's trying to rejoin. Probably, yeah. He'll be back. Resistance is futile. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you. You didn't hear anybody hear me or not? Yeah, Yeah, now we can hear you. Yeah, you're there. We got you now. Okay. I was just going to say a lot of changes in my life. Um, I broke up with Star last uh, Thursday. Oh. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. No, it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. We were having a lot of problems over the last uh, couple, few years. And, um, you know, she wouldn't, uh, she was trying to control my uh, behavior. Like, uh, 
Oh, you can only play pool like uh, two nights a week, not three. You know, you've got to you know, get rid of the cats. You've got to, um, you know, sell your house. Uh, move to I'll be damned. After all this time, it did turn out to be about the cats. Well, yeah, to some extent. To some extent. Sorry, but, you um, can't put that out there and not have it remarked upon, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But not only did I um, break up with her, but I also uh, have a new uh, love interest as well. So. <laughs> No good, Rick. Uh, well, you work quick. And she's actually moved into my house. Wow, that is quick. Light speed. Yeah, yeah no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, I, I felt this burden for maybe the last two years or so. And I just, it just, I just feel so much lighter, you know. It's like I basically, you know, um, you know, she was trying to control me. And she was, um, you know, gaslighting to some extent, you know. And I just got fed up with it, you know, trying to tell me what to do. It's like, no, you're not going to change me. And, um, you know, the new gal is younger than me. And, um, you know, she's um, she's a pretty amazing uh, lady. So we're still getting to know each other. We're not like, um, you know, it's early on, let's just say. But, um, you know, she needed a place to live. The place where she was at, the guy uh, was kind of jealous that I had gone out with her and didn't like that fact. And so he basically said, why don't, well, why don't you just move in with Rick then? <laughs> and I told her that told her that, and she like said, "Okay." <laughs> so yeah, we're having dinner tonight. I'm going to uh, meet her uh, at a Chinese place uh, in uh, in L.A. So uh, right now, I'm not, not planning on moving. I'm just going to uh, stay here and uh, keep driving for a while anyway, the commute, and uh, see how things go. You know, but uh, it's all good. I feel better than I have in uh, a long time, and people think I look, you know, happier. So. Um, it's a good thing, you know, sometimes you just have to have radical changes, you know? Well, I uh, see, I see anybody break up, but you've apparently known at, at many different levels for some time. Yeah. If it's not yeah. working. You've got to take action because you can't, you can only roll with something that's not working for so long. And then that just adds even, you know, additional layers to yeah. the problem. Yeah, I mean, life is not a dress rehearsal. We get it. We get one chance that we know of, anyway, to get it right, and uh, you just have to uh, make uh, hard decisions. You can't just keep punting, you know. You don't. You don't score points by punting generally, you know, so to speak. So no, yeah, it's. Um, I'm, well, I'm glad that you're happy, Rick. I'm. I'm sad that it had to end like that. Well, you know, it it sort of had to. I mean. Um, you know, I had a little, you know, I, I met this gal. I'd known, I'd known her for a couple of years. I met her during a, a pool tournament uh, uh, December 29th. And, um, you know, she, um, we, we kind of hit it off, started talking to her. And uh, by the end of the night, um, she asked for, uh, she gave her my phone. She asked for my number. <laughs> <laughs> and then she actually texted me the next day. And so, of course, I, you know, responded. And um, we ended up going uh, out to a... Um, like a Scottish place um, for dinner and then went to karaoke right afterwards on, um, I think the following Tuesday. A Scots and, place. Uh, Did you have haggis? I found my, hey. I, I found my family kilt as well. My, uh, or my plaid, my, uh, the for the Gordon uh, clan. Your tartan. Tartan. Yeah. yeah. My tartan. Exactly. The tartan. Did you yeah. have a Scotch egg? Oh, well, no, I didn't those are awesome. Egg. No, they, they, that, that's a little don't see. They don't know about Scotch eggs in Scotland. Yeah, 
Well, probably, I may, I may get straightened up by Claire, but I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah, so really? we did karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> we did karaoke on that night, and then, like, a week later, we went out again, did karaoke. And then the third date, um, we um, did karaoke as well, but on a Thursday, I told um, my um, star's uh, son was painting my house, the interior of the house, because the whole idea... The whole idea was was here to get was to get Rick's house ready to sell because she wanted to get out of her house uh, and wanted me to buy a house that I probably couldn't afford, you know. Uh, and um, you know, so he was at, at he was at my house painting, and um, I said I said I'm going down to the local bar. I'll see you in a little bit. I'm you know don't worry I'll be home late. And uh, ended up um, actually going to karaoke with uh, my new friend, and. Um, you know, after at the end of the night, um, you know, we decided we wanted to go somewhere. And uh, oh, the funniest thing, we actually found a dry 7 Eleven in, in LA of all places, like in, uh, I don't know, around uh, the, was it the um, Echo, Echo Park is where we went for karaoke that night. And it was so funny. It's like there was no music in this place, no no liquor. And we said, What are you talking A dry 7 Eleven? What are you talking about? So we had like 10 minutes, it was 10 to 2. We had to find a place to get more booze. And then found a a Seven Eleven a mile away, and we heard the music. We said, "Yeah, we got, they got liquor here." Yes, <laughs> it was so weird though. I'd never I'd never been to a seven a dry Seven Eleven in LA County. I mean, geez, you know, must 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 be owned by the Mormons. But anyway, uh, so what happened is um, we we got a motel or hotel, I should say, that night, and I didn't come home. And um, it was um, you know I had to you know you know the kid I call him. Um, was trying to call me, and so was Star, and you know, I turned my ringer off. But finally, I, you know, got a hold of him in like maybe eight thirty, eight fifteen, and talked to her. And um, you know, she was just saying some really whacked out stuff. Um, I, I, I told her what had happened, and you know, yeah. she was obviously hurt. But I mean, I, you have to ask yourself, you know, that ha- that doesn't happen to me generally. It's like I don't, you know, that's not like me. And um, obviously, there was something that. De- very, very badly wrong with the relationship, you know, that we had. Uh, and uh, that's why I, I w- wasn't getting my needs fulfilled, obviously. Uh, and uh, a few hours later, she was like calling my office, wondering where <laughs> I was and, and oh, basically telling the staff. Close that stuff, I, man. Oh, no, geez, yeah, watch it. And telling the staff that I had cheated on her. <laughs> yeah, that's what Glenn Close stuff. Man, that's scary. Well, yeah. No, my. Was the other man. one? So, so, yeah. so, so, hey, so hey, Billable, that, you, Billable, so. Billable. I, I need to tell you something. You know, we're we're still. I, I didn't. This isn't the back porch. Oh, I know. Don't worry about it. Okay, I just don't didn't. Worry. I didn't want you disclosing things that you didn't necessarily want everybody to no, know. No, no, no. That's fine. No, no, Rick. We, we're, we're all friends. You know. Yeah. You keep yeah. any uh, You keep any bunnies, or did you keep any bunnies? Because that's. You don't want no. to have boiled bunnies. No, no, no. Well, well, well. The thing is, interesting. I didn't find out about about the calls to the office because we had a we had a dog that was sick. You know, like she had problem wasn't walking very well. The puppy, and so she wanted me to come and meet her at the vet, but I couldn't because I had work to do. I had deadlines to to meet, and so you know she was like calling the office. I found out like the following Monday from my boss that she had been calling the office. So I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and then I, from that point on, I was planning my exit strategy. So on Tuesday, I went and went to the storage unit and grabbed the stuff that I wanted. You know, obviously it was mine as well that I bought, like mo- mostly artwork. And um, and then I planned also on Thursday to uh, just go to her house and grab my stuff out of there and just leave and then call her and tell her, you know, that it was over. Because, um, it, you know, 
it was to the point where it was a lot easier just to break up by phone rather than in person, you know. Confrontation. Like Clawing each other's eyes out. Yeah, who needs things. that crap? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick, I you have know, discovered yeah, yeah. in life she that she has, she has, you can hook up with a giraffe and expect yeah. that person to be an elephant. I mean, it just doesn't work. And that's goes wrong in you so many ways. A giraffe? Giraffe, yeah, and expect that person to be an elephant or whatever. Exert any yeah. animal you want here. Or it's a metaphorical statement, but there's a lot of truth you, to that. You can't change people. Yeah, right. They want to change who they you are can, out the yeah. gate and, or, uh-huh. or move on, man. And you could talk about change, right? right. But yeah, I mean, I was. I but was, you can't make people change, and if you force mm-hmm. someone that you love to tr- change, it's gonna go like a boomerang. It's gonna go the other way. Well, it, it makes me sad. I was very fond of Star. Yeah, but Rick, I, mean, I want you to be. To come from I want within. you to be it can't happy. Come from external yeah. sources, so it's like that's be my idea. Ultimately, I want you to be happy, brother. Oh, I am. Yep. I am. It's all matters. This is a, this is a great call. This is a thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I met a great gal, and um, she helped me. Uh, she kind of kicked me in the ass. Like she's like saying, "What are you doing, giving her another chance?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. She uh, she had me write this thing out. It was ridiculous, you know, about how I, you know, I'm in love with you, and I'll never leave you. And uh, I mean, I can't believe that you know she really wanted she me to write, you write that. Write that down. Strange, very strange. Whoa. Uh, Ooh. I did, and I took a picture of it. Almost like a contract. <laughs> she had it displayed. No, it was more like a confession. Like, uh, well, it's crazy. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy, you know? I mean, um, and she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to talk about why I had strayed. She wanted to go out to dinner, like, the following Friday night and listen to music and go dancing as if nothing had happened. It's like, wait a second, you know? And so we didn't get around to talking about it until the following Saturday, and that's when she had me write that thing out. But, um, yeah, very, uh, very weird, you know, very weird. And, um, you know, um, I think she's got like a kind of a histrionic personality thing going on. At least that's my suspicion, because everything was it was always about her, what, what Star wanted. And, you know, yeah. hey, Billable, you know, she didn't want me to watch football games. Billable, uh, I, I just kind of want to yeah. interject here. I'm, I'm just. <sighs> I'm 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 kind of uncomfortable with all of this, um, and what I what 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 I'm what I what I mean by that is you know, um, this just seems so this seems so intimate and 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 and. We'll back porch this. That's fine. I yeah, that I think that's probably the better thing. Um, okay. Okay. It, it's you know because. No relationship goes south on one person alone, and that's not that's not me. That's not me casting blame or doubt or anything like that. And you know, when 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 it's when it's one sided, it's well. I think I think I think I think a modicum. I don't. I think I think you don't want to be that guy. I understand. Yeah. Yep. If well, that makes any three, sense at all. Three sides to every story. What he said, she said, and what really happened. In my experience. It's, yeah, for anyone who has ever... Uh, anyone who's ever seen the classic Japanese film Rashomon... Oh, yeah. 
kind of like that. Yeah, I get you. You know, there's okay. yeah, and and I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to censor or anything. I just I don't know. I think I, and among other things, I think things are really I think things are really really raw g- given what we've just witnessed. Um, and it's I don't know. It's it's something 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 is making my spidey sense uh, tingle. If that makes any sense. Sure, I get, I get it. Yeah, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we can, we can backport it. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I certainly. Looks like Mighty Mouse has their hand up. Hey, Mighty Mouse, haven't heard from you in a while. Can you hear me? There you are. Now we can. All right, I just got that little box that unmute microphone. Well, I, mine wasn't working for a long time. It may be part of the reason you haven't seen or heard from me. But get, getting back on the topic, um, uh, I was struck by the news last weekend, of course, here in California and in my neighborhood, of uh, of the shootings uh back to back on the new year and all of that stuff okay we've all seen all of it but what struck me was down in monterey park the old codger who did the deed in a in his white van the news the helicopter pictures or wherever from they had him pinned in with three very military-looking, nondescript vehicles, front and back and one on the side. And it just struck me about the militarization of our serve-and-protect forces in in this great country. That's all I'm throwing in there. So for what it's worth, going back to the subject of the brutality and the craziness, uh, we're certainly in a weird, weird state. And when I saw that, I went, here we go. In, in Monterey Park, they got three of these vehicles. And, you know, they're like bullets. You use, have them, you got to use them. What the hell? Well, it kind of reminds me of what, what Nero said back five, six years ago. What's the point of having nuclear weapons if you can't use them? Well, it's that's the point. And, and I saw these three, you know, like trucks. And then there was one actual black and white a cop car off to the side. And... Um, it 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 just it just like stunned me in a way uh, that the, the rest of the events no less stunning, but the fact that here were three immediately deployable. God bless them, but uh, you know these. I mean, we Michael, should be sending these over to Ukraine for crying out loud. Yeah, well, yeah. Do you, Michael, do you remember the marathon bombing in um, Boston? Do you remember what Boston looked like after that? Well, of course. When they were well, hunting course, down those course, two guys? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is, this martial law, new. man. This it looked like new. deep. I yeah, know, not, but that, you know, but that's Boston. I get it's a big city, but what, what kind of knocked me out was there's three of these things. They might have, well, had machine guns mounted on top in Libya or fucking somewhere um, in Monterey Park, mm-hmm. a suburb of L.A. Where did they come from? Maybe they're part of a greater L.A. SWAT Goddamn task force! I don't know. Well, I would have well look, they, 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 do you do you remember they brought one into Ferguson, Missouri? Oh yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. It, on some level, isn't it also about stagecraft? 
You mean uh, intimidation tactics and the like? Yeah, basically, because they know the helicopters are going to be there, especially in L.A., Jesus. I mean, you only got like close to a dozen stations, TV stations. Most of them have choppers. And it's the public has got to know what's going on, and here's what's going on. Don't uh, get out of line. Well, you, you know, know that's you know what's Scott. What's really bizarre in all of what you just said is, here we are. They talk about the theater of war. They talk about war as theaters, and mm -hmm. and here we are. You know, right here on our own freaking homeland. Hate that expression too. You know, it's a bad one. It's it, but here we it, it's right in your face. And you know it, it it's theater. It's 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 crazy that we've it's theater of the absurd. It's we've gotten to a point now where we see this stuff and we consider it to be rational and worse normal. It's this whole 1984 mindset, right? Well, it, it, it's right. reinforcement, and it does I, register with this. people, doesn't it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, uh, I've, I've spoken out here. I think I've hey, ranted on ahead, a little, made up for lost time. Sorry. No, no, no. That's good. Rick, you were, you were saying something. Was that Rick? Well, I was oh, going to, I was going to point out something. Um, well. There's a counterpoint to what we witnessed earlier this evening. And this is what makes, well, I think, I think it was day one of one L Billable Rick probably remembers something similar. Um, wrong button there. I hope I was. Uh, it, it, it was day one of 1L, and some wise old the legal sage said, hard cases make bad law. And I was reminded of that with the disclosure of this video, which, and the th I, I think I think the real takeaway from having viewed or heard or experienced the video is that we really didn't get the straight story. This was heavily edited but edited by the city of Memphis for the city of Memphis's benefit. Um, but there is a counterpoint to this, and that is that there was a sentencing today for one of the terrorists who attacked the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Uh, this was uh, uh, um, a guy named Julian Cotter, K-H-A-T-E-R. All he had to do was live his ordinary life. But instead, he chose to be a part of the terrorist mob that attacked the Capitol on January 6, 2021. And today he was sentenced to almost uh, four months short of seven years in federal prison for his role in bringing an end to the life of a Capitol Police officer, the, Brian Sicknick. The Washington Post story opens, the night of January 6, 2021, Brian D. Sicknick texted his brother, exhausted but in good spirits, after an hours-long battle defending the U.S. Capitol. I smell like B.O., weed, O.C. spray, and C.S. gas. And a day later, he was dead at 42. And so today, Julian Cotter, who was the guy who hosed him down with bear spray, was sentenced. 
for assaulting uh, for uh, on a plea of guilty to assaulting officers with a dangerous weapon. Judge Thomas F. Hogan on the bench said, I don't find any excuse for anyone attacking officers doing their duty facing a mob of thousands. There are officers who lost their lives. There's officers who committed suicide after this. There are officers who can't go back to work. And uh, Brian Sicknick's brother, addressing the court uh, on his brother's behalf in a victim statement, said, on the day that Julian Cotter is released from prison, he will still he will still be free and still be younger than Brian was when he died. He gets a pass on the actual killing of, of Officer Sicknick because between ten, sending that uh, that text message and the next day he had two strokes and died of what the D.C. chief medical examiner called natural causes. Oh, what bullshit that is. But My he did God. say that all that transpired on the previous day played a role in his condition. That ain't natural causes. No. The fuck? And, and, and see, this is... Um, and this is a this is kind of well, I don't know. I will leave it to people with more uh, more wisdom than I to assess this. But it gave me the cringes when I saw in the story that Judge Hogan said um, he wanted to give him a longer prison term, but that his options uh, his hands had been tied by the uh, prosecutors. And went on to say, and this is where I got a cringe, that what went on on January 6, 2021 was like a lynch mob of 150 years ago. And went on to say that, uh, that, that the, the mob, the, the terrorists of January 6, 2021 were hate-filled and that, and that so many Americans are hate-filled. Can't argue with that. But it's it's troubling to me. Well, I mean, th- this is this is the counter. Like I said, this is the counterpoint. There are good cops. Brian Sicknick was a good cop. Brian Sicknick was doing what we want him to do. Frankly, I wish Brian Sicknick had been turned loose with a lot more force than he was allowed to use on the terrorists of January 6, 2021. If that had been a bunch of brown-skinned guys screaming Arabic uh, Arabic slogans, machine guns would have been in play. You know it, and I know it. If those were Black Lives Matter protesters, can you imagine the carnage? Yeah. Just imagine. I mean, Black Lives Matter protesters uh, had chemical weapons turned on them, in my whereas city. all these, uh, whereas all these terrorists of January sixth got shoved, you know, they tried to push them back. And Gladys Sicknick, uh, the mother of Brian Sicknick, asked asked these two dirtbags, "How does it feel to be headed to jail for a bald faced lie?" He was a good boy who grew up to be a good man, killed by lawlessness, misplaced loyalty to a deranged autocratic ideal, and hate. Uh, 
Well, that's well said. And she said the defendant's lack of remorse shows a callousness and maliciousness that disgusts me. On the other hand, Cotter, the, distri- the, the, the guy who hosed down Sicknick with the uh, bear spray, said that uh, what happened on January 6th was extremely unfortunate. And, and I wish I could take it all back. And the judge hammered it and said, you know what? Nothing you said included an apology to the officers whom you sprayed. The only way the, the only way Right, well and that's what that's what Cotter began his statement with, pissing and moaning about the six hundred and eighty four agonizing days I've spent in jail. And so he got 80 months, and the little son of a bitch will probably get time served on what he spent uh, pre- prior to trial, unless Billable Rick tells me otherwise. The only thing missing from his like statement, that. the only thing missing from his statement, was a reference to thoughts and prayers. I mean, that's how meaningless anything he had to say was. Have him. That was like that pissant ex sheriff just or last week that got sentenced. You know, the sentencing, they said, "Do you regret what happened?" He said. Yes, I regret putting my feet in her desk. You regret going in the building. I don't regret getting sucked in. What do you get, like seven or eight years? Good on him. And this guy was a sheriff? Yes. The guy with the mustache and Nancy Pelosi's office with the smile and the shitting grin is an ex-cop. Big Bugo? Bigo? Yeah, Bigo. The guy with the feet on the desk? He was a sheriff? Yes, he's an ex-cop. And, and and by the way, circulating circulating in the right wing sewer of the sewers of the internet is a meme of him sitting with his feet t- propped on uh, Nancy Pelosi's desk, saying, "This man, this man has been sent to prison for sitting in a chair." Oh, he was also saying to the camera, "Nancy, we're coming for you." While he was doing it. I mean, it's it's, it's disgusting, and I, I want to add one more thing in the in the sentencing of this Cotter creep. Um, he impo- the judge, Judge Hogan, imposed a $10,000 fine on Cotter, and then this, his co-defendant, a creep named Tanios, he told him he had to pay whatever money was left in a crowdfunding account. The fucker crowdfunded on his treason, and people contributed to it. Not that you don't see. But this is why I keep saying, y'all, they're doing it again. That's uh, Socrates, by the way. And I ha- I'm, I'm going to have to draw this to a close. Uh, y'all, if anybody can help, uh, like I said, I'm scared to death we're going to lose electricity when the temperature, the overnight low rises above 32. Uh, the fundraising goal to finish January is at... $1,545. And I know it's the end of the month, and I know it's hard. But, well, uh, any help would be greatly appreciated, and I'll turn it right around to the coal-hungry folks at uh, Appalachian Power. So, there's Robin, that. Robin, the protests are starting in New York. Good. Let them st- but the, but and the, th- and the thing is, you know, they need not to be stylized, and they need not to stop for a while. That's always the thing yes. about protests in D.C. is that, you know, you show up to protest, you know, save the baby whales, 
And it's it, it starts at a fixed time on a Saturday, say Saturday at 11, and it's over by Saturday at 3. And then they come in and pick up the trash, and everybody goes home, and nothing happens. And this is a Friday, and maybe the protests will, will last through the weekend, but everybody's going to go, go back to work on Monday. Unfortunately, I hope I, I hope I hope not. <laughs> With all my heart, I hope not. And I'm yeah, going to be watching. I'm, I'm going to be watching media over the weekend for all the, uh, well, bad Apple coverage, and it's going to make me nauseous. Well, I'm curious to see who's going to be on the Sunday shows, you know, because the guests, they always try to pack the panel with... I think Meet the Press has uh, Jim Jacket off Jordan. Oh, God damn it. Oh, but you got to figure there'll be somebody from some police association or uh, some spokesperson for for the men in blue. I mean, that... I would Fraternal be... order of police. Yeah. And the, I don't know why I watch the Sunday shows, but I guess habits are hard to break. Well, you know, it's, it, I don't know, maybe it's like an emetic, Scott. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll I, I, on I out do. of here. Uh-huh. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And this was one of the heavier Friday on the front porches we've ever had. And I hope we can, I, you know, I hope we can take time to reflect on where we are. The idea that they've released this, that, I mean, a bunch of a bunch of cops behaving like Nazis on Holocaust Remembrance Day. Jesus Christ, you know. But thanks, all y'all. The conversation was great. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you. Uh, to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so very much to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Roger and Sparky and Steve in the chat room and in the old holler tree. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember, I think we've got a, fr- I don't know if we've got a fresh mole on the way or not. Uh, I'll have to see. I'll ask Brother Deacon. Um, And uh, please, when you listen to the program, subscribe and like and um, help us boost the show's visibility in uh, in the uh, um, platforms by leaving some commentary. Tell your friends and neighbors this really is a special thing that's going on here. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Y'all stay safe. Get your booster. It works. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet. Like Paul from Parts Unknown says, 
And some insurrectionist terrorist says, uh, you don't know the, ag- the agony I've had to deal with. 684 days in jail for something I did on purpose. Well, avoid that maggot POS like the plague. Because he is. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.